is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time! Okay, hands up, you ready? Let's go, knuckle up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to Scrapcast. Season two, we are back. As always, I'm your host, Ace, my co-host, Mr. Will. Mr. Will, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Good, good, good. It has been longer than a minute since the last time we were able to uh, get together and do this. Um, but without any further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, it's good to be back. We've got a lot to go over, so <clears throat> try and keep up, you guys. Round one. Yeah, review. This weekend, we had Bellator 290. Fedor's farewell fight yeah, uh, against Ryan Bader. Didn't work out too well for him. No, it, it was even worse in the first fight. Um, yeah, you know, as much as we loved watching Fedor back in the day, he, yes. just, he just doesn't have it anymore, and nope. especially not to compete at heavyweight. And, I mean, you hate to see – I mean, and how many of our favorite fighters have we seen, even in the past few months? I mean, it was Frankie Edgar, and there's Cub Swanson, like – it's, that's what happens. You end up staying in the game too long, and and it doesn't look good when you end up when you end up hanging them up, man. No, no, it's you know you've heard the saying a lot um, before, and it's very true. Fighting is a young man's game. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that, and uh, we talk about it. Fighters always fighting, you know, time. The older you get, as well as your opponent, and the sport evolving mm-hmm. past the point where you used to be. All of that is true. Um, it was his last fight. It was uh, Bellator wanted to give him a farewell. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's done business before with Scott Coker, going back to the Strike Force days and yep. what have you. Um, so, yeah, it was. You know, I'm glad that they did it for him. I'm glad he had one event, but I really didn't expect anything more. It's it's okay to be honest. It's Ryan Bader. So when you talk about fighters who have a lot of power having a puncher's chance with Ryan Bader, it's it's even more mm-hmm. than just the regular puncher's chance because Ryan Bader really doesn't have much of a chin. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's he's still the champion for a reason. <clears throat> and, and I and I, I agree. It's you would have liked to see Fedor fight somebody at the end of his career that he could have beat, maybe somebody that wasn't as big of a name, or even better, somebody else at the tail end of their career. Um, but I'm I'm with you. I'm happy that Bellator was like, hey, you want to go out with the title shot? You know, I yeah. mean. If everything goes your way, you get to retire with the belt, and all's good. So I was happy they did that for him, but, yeah, it was not his night, man. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> um, also on the card, a couple other interesting fights. The middleweight championship, um, Eblin um, ended up beating uh, Tokov in a decision. Mm-hmm. Brendan Ward KO'd Hamasi, uh, head kick. It took grounded strikes. Yeah, that was a good finish. It was. Yep. Uh, Lorenz Larkin got a KO with yep. an elbow. Yep. Um, Henry Corrales got a decision. So it was a pretty good card all it, the way around. Yeah, not bad at all. Not yeah. bad at all. Good. Um, if all you ever watch is the highlights, there were some good highlights. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they did it right, Bellator. Um, given what they really have to work with, I think that they did a pretty good job for their first CBS uh, card. Speaking of that, how do you feel about it moving forward? Do you think that... 
these cards are going to get better? Do you think the CBS? Because see, here's the thing: the history with MMA and CBS isn't that isn't that good, right? You know, let's be honest; it's really not. No, no, for sure. So what I've read so far is that it actually pulled in decent viewership. Um, it, had, it peaked at a little bit over a million viewers for its time slot, which is good. Nice. Um, any, anytime you have a sport that's not like one of the major three on regular TV like that, that everybody's watching, uh, most people don't have three or four hours to put into something like that. True. Like they watch their half hour shows, they watch their one hour shows. So yeah, um, I think it's got that working against it. But like I said, when I looked at the numbers, a little over a million average viewers for its time slot's good. I think that's a good sign. I'm hoping Pretty good. moving forward that. Yeah. Um, it continues. No, I think that's really good. I didn't know that they had had over a million viewers, but I mean, if you put it in the context with the UFC, there's a lot of their, you know, paper, pay-per-view events that don't necessarily do over a million. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, fight nights, whatever have you. And so they always talk about that. And um, for it to be on CBS, you get a lot of eyes. So, and they had, they put on a pretty good card. It really had a very strike force feel to it. Um, yeah. You know, um, but at the same time, if you're not going to have Diaz and the Scrap Pack on there, then we may not get a, you know, memorable closing moment like we did with Strike Force and the whole mayhem incident and the whole fight that happened with KJ Noons and all that. You remember that? No, I I do, and it makes you wonder if that's something that's going to bring viewers or if that's something that's going to draw viewers away, right? Because yeah. I mean, you still got the WWE making big money, so there's obviously a market for that. I mean, and if that shit is still doing good, then I mean, exactly, come on, you exactly. Know? Um, no, but uh, all seriousness, what they as long as they don't get that Gus, the sports announcer Gus, I forget what his name is, but the guy that did the sports uh, that did the announcing for that Strike Force event went after the fight. He was like. This is what we do. This is what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> like he, you know, like he did no favors. Mm-hmm. So as long as we don't got that guy again, yeah. it, it should be all right. So uh, also this weekend we had a fucking late, early, really early fucking card. I don't know how you want to fucking talk about it, but it was a uh, UFC Fight Night 218. Uh, Derek Lewis losing to Sergey Spivak. So um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, it's not a it's not a card that I was able to watch live. I mean, the the times um, when did it when did it start? It was like eleven o'clock at night and something then, like that. Ten, it, eleven it was, o'clock. There, yeah. yeah, there was no Mountain way. Time. There was no way I was I was gonna be able to catch that live. Unfortunately, um, most of the fights when I looked at it afterwards looked like they went to a decision. There was only a couple of finishes. Um, Derek Lewis got handled. True. Uh, Sergey Bebok looks to be. One of the new young guns at heavyweight, which is which is awesome. Not only does heavyweight need a lot of that, but he's actually young. Yeah. Like a lot of these heavyweights, they're you know thirty five and over, which isn't bad for heavyweight. But he's only twenty eight. No, that's true. He is young. Um, and we talked about it before, and it was a lot of what I thought was going to happen is what happened to Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. He's always had an issue with. Um, you know, the takedown and mm-hmm. the ground game in his career. He has back problems. That doesn't help him out in that department. Um, I know that he came in really good shape. He lost a bunch of weight. All that's good. But at the same time, when you look at, you know, Sergey, he doesn't look like a very, you know, brute, big mm-hmm. figure. But the thing is, is, that dude can manhandle and take down just about anybody. I mean, yep. if you're taking down heavyweights, like, it's no problem. Mm-hmm. Derek Lewis, some of these big dudes, like, 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's scary, you know? Yeah, so. I, I agree. And there's been a lot of uh, heavyweights that have taken Derek Lewis down, but he's so strong, they rarely keep him down. True. Um, but yeah, he, he finished that fight quick. I don't even think it went more than a few minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good card. Um, it was crazy seeing, uh, some of, some of the fighters I haven't seen for a long time. Uh, Du Ho Choi mm-hmm. fought on the card. Yep. It's been a, draw. been a minute since we saw him. Uh, I thought he won that fight against Kyle Nelson. It was a majority draw. Um, not super happy about that. I heard he got his win bonus anyway, so good for him. Yeah. But um, he's he's a big fan favorite. You got to love Superboy, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ivanov. Bla- Blagoy. Yeah, Blagoy. Ivanov. Uh, I'm a fan of him. Uh, he didn't win. Uh, he fought Marcin Tibera, mm-hmm. and Tibera won the decision. But still... Seeing that dude still around somehow, it's just like, I remember back when that dude was fighting, you know, probably five, six years ago, and I was like, all that dude had going for him was he was tough. Yep. Like, you couldn't take him out, mm-hmm. you know? And he would win some decisions that way or maybe get a, a sloppy stoppage, but I'm a, I'm a fan, so it was cool seeing him fight. Um, there were some other good fights on there. But, yeah, not a bad card for a fight night, but I also, like you, did not watch it live. I was like... Not because I wasn't up. It's just like to start a card at 10, the main event probably didn't start till like 1. It's yeah. just like, I, I you know. I can't. Yeah. And, and and it's a UFC card. Like if it would have been a 1 card or a Ryzen where it's like an event, I don't mind because it's like tuning in kind of like almost like a movie. There's the ceremony. It's mm-hmm. a big, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a big feel, yeah. you know. So I, I could just chill out and watch that. But a UFC event where it's literally just a like black and white sports event starting at you know that time of night i was just like dude i'm 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 not doing it it wasn't really big it wasn't really hyped i think it was at the apex arena so you don't even have the crowd into it yeah Yeah. it was just exactly exactly i mean it was supposed to be over in asia like that this car the reason why i was on like that was to cater to that audience they had the road to the ufc event or whatever Mm -hmm. finals that was on there that whole event was supposed to be over there in Asia. Something happened, they couldn't, so then they had it at the Apex. But then it just like feels even less, you know, as I opposed agree. to having, you know, that's mm-hmm. a good point that you brought up. So, yeah. Um, but we got a lot to talk about. There's been a <laughs> lot that's happened beforehand. Oh, so man. let's go. We don't have to cover everything in full detail, but let's at least hit on some of this stuff. UFC 283, uh, Teixeira versus Hill. Hill won. Uh, Jamal Hill becoming the first contender series champion in the ufc first fighter to come in on the contender series i did not know that yeah so that is definitely a milestone i remember geez i'm really gonna date myself here (laughs) i remember when the tough winners started winning yep the you remember Mm -hmm. um it seems like was it rashad evans was the first one it it would it have to be forrest Forrest, yeah. It had to be Forrest. Yeah, because he was before, right? Yeah, yeah and then Rashad, Rashad knocked got him out. it from Forrest. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so Forrest Griffin, Rashad Evans. I remember those guys. I, dude, I'm so fucking old that I remember, <laughs> I remember watching the first couple seasons of Tough and thinking like, yeah, those fighters are cool, but they're not like the real fighters. Right. Like, they're like freshmen, you know? They still mm-hmm. haven't proven themselves. And then, you know, I mean... It's crazy to even think back to that time period and that even being a thought because then you just think about all the all the different fighters that came out of there. Nate Diaz. I mean, the list goes yep. 
you know, there's yep. so many fighters that came out of the Ultimate Fighter, and especially those first few seasons, man. It seemed like every one of them ended up having a decent UFC career. Yeah, Michael Bisbing, fucking, you know, a whole yeah. bunch of them. Dan Di- so, Diego Sanchez, yeah. um, Kozchek was in one of the yeah. first few seasons. Um, Kenny Florian, Kenny Florian. Yeah. Um, I can, I can never, I can't remember some of those lightweights because they were fighting at 170 on the Chris show. Chris Lieben, Chris Lieben, right? Yeah. And then they did that, um, that redemption season. Yeah. Matt Sarah. Yep. Think about that crazy yep. shit. You know. Yep. I mean, so anyway, so anyways, I'm getting off topic here. Fucking old man rant. Um, nah, but yeah, Jamal Hill, you know, doing it against Glover Teixeira, uh, winning decision. But it wasn't just a decision. I mean, to me, watching the fight, I thought that he that really dictated... That decision? Yeah. I thought he beat the shit He did. That's shit. what I'm saying. I thought he dictated the fight the entire time. Um, you know, the whole stand-up, I thought he was controlling it. He was punishing Glover. Not that Glover wasn't in the fight. He was there. Right. But it just didn't... I didn't see a point where it looked like Glover was really taking control no. of the fight. No, And so it looked... So when they went to decision, I was like, this is pretty easy. But... It's the judges, and you know how these motherfuckers are. So. Yeah, there, there was no turn of the, the tide or a change in momentum for Glover. I think either late in the fourth or early in the fifth, he did secure a takedown and get good position, but you could just tell he, he'd already been beat up too much. He didn't have anything in him. Yeah. And the, so the thing about Jamal Hill being from the Contender Series yeah. and, and even if just an interim champ, it, it legitimizes the process, right? 100%. I mean, that's what it did for the Ultimate Fighter. And and now that's what it's doing for the contender series. Like, if you can get these people and get them some wins, get them a title shot, and then they win it, that yeah, it just legitimizes the whole process for their farming their talent. You know, no, hundred percent. The one thing I would like to say about that, though, it's a good point you bring up. But the thing that I'd like to say about it is <clears throat> the gap that the tough fighters had to uh, the the gap that the tough fighters had to make up was bigger, I think, than the Contender Series because of how the shows are structured. So, like, in the Tough House, you would have these fights, but it was really the show was centered around a lot of the, like, bullshit, reality, real-world type shit. They would have these fucking, you know, coaches' challenges that made it feel like a game show. Like, even though there was fighting going on, Mm -hmm. there was a big part of it that felt like it was something else. And I think that, for the time, it needed that. You know, I think that when the Ultimate Fighter first came out, there wasn't an overgrowing amount of people that like really wanted to just watch mixed martial arts. So they brought it and they catered it to the audience in this way. But because of that, it also had the feeling to the, you know, combat sports MMA um, fans that it wasn't completely legitimate until they started becoming right. champions and then you can't argue with it anymore. So whereas the contender series is different because the contender series is all about getting the finishes in order to move on. Like it's a proving ground mm-hmm. just in itself. Right. Not that the ultimate fighter isn't, they just have two completely different feels. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. And, and you're absolutely right. It was like the ultimate fighter had to be what it was for its time period. It had to piggyback off of that whole reality TV show craze but it also, because of people's stigma towards MMA at that time, you had to get people to care about these people that were that were getting into the ring, and I think that's what it was best at. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, also on the card, the flyweight title. Um, yeah, Brandon Moreno regaining the title. Uh, TKO, doctor <laughs> stoppage. You know, 
um, controversy. So number five. Yeah, let's do number five. Let's 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 just schedule them uh, another five fights out from that. Let's let's schedule um, Figueroa <laughs> versus Moreno ten, and we'll just see how many times we can swap this title back and forth between these two guys. Yeah, best out of nineteen. Wins. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I, I don't know. Word, word is Figueredo's going to go up and wait. Maybe that'll be good for him. Um, but, uh, I mean, no matter what happens, Moreno's got his hands full because there's, there's some killers waiting for that some shot. Some real dude. killers. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Kayakara France, the rematch with that, that looks good. Uh, Pantoja. Pantoja. That's that is the I'm, fucking fight I want to see. Exactly. See, now that's the thing. Now, a lot of fight fans probably don't realize. They probably don't, didn't, you know, speaking of tough, Right, right. They had the uh, tough season mm-hmm. where Pantoja and, and Moreno, Moreno mm-hmm. fought on there, and Pantoja took out Moreno. Yeah, it wasn't even in the finals. It was no. like it was like I don't know semifinals or maybe the first fight or something like that. Yep. Pantoja took him out, and then Pantoja ended up winning the shit. Yep, and Pantoja has been pretty much he's won a bunch and then he lost one and then he took some time off and then he came back and he started winning again he's the fucking dark horse in that you know I what agree. i'm saying there's a I lot agree. of people that aren't paying attention to that dude but i, I favor him when he fights moreno you know he's um, already won once before yeah i think he's really really got a lot you know as far as his strengths versus moreno's strengths i mean i'm dude i'm fucking excited i'm about really that. excited i'm really hoping that's that's the fight they make yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, even Brandon Royval, who's up there too, he's number four. I, I you know, that I, I just love that whole that whole top ten. They're just exciting fighters. They're they're good. They're good characters. I do. I, I like anytime anybody at that weight class is gonna fight. I'm tuning in. Yeah, man. super technical. Yep. Yeah, action pack. No, I'm I'm all about it too. Um, let's see. Also on the card, we had Gilbert Burns, fucking yeah, tooling. showing out, fucking dude. Neil Magny, wasn't even fucking close. And and no disrespect to Neil Magny, I'm a fan, you know. And we talked about it before. I was really hyped to see that fight, but man, we talked about it, and I was saying that I thought that Gilbert Burns was gonna show more of his uh, stand up. I thought that right. because of how Neil Magny had fought his last fight. Because everybody, I assumed everybody knew how good Gilbert Burns was on the ground. You wouldn't want that to happen. Right. And Neil Magny's pretty good at taking people to the ground and using that, fighting them there. So I thought, okay, he's going to be pretty good at negating. And that's probably not what's going to happen. It's probably going to turn into a stand-up fight. So Burns, I think, has the better striking, the more power. So I favored Burns in a, in a stand-up finish. That wasn't what happened. No, not at all. No, there was a little bit of a feeling out process, uh, but as soon as Burns decided he wanted that fight to go to the ground, it went to the ground. And yeah, I mean, and I and I was thinking, you know, Magny's he's a veteran, you know, he's been he's been through this. He's and like while I'm thinking that, like Burns is sinking in an arm triangle. <laughs> he's just like, oh damn, that was quick. Yeah, no, exactly, and yeah, and so you know, I don't I don't know what Magny was thinking or what even a lot of people were thinking, but. Dude, Gilbert Burns has to be the like best submission, like the the highest skilled submission fighter or whatever you want to say, the submission artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Has the most skill in the submission game out of anybody in the UFC. I can't think of one person that is that is has more credentials, is more skilled, has proven himself more in the jiu-jitsu world or, you know what I'm saying? Then right. Than Gilbert Burns. I mean, certainly at 170. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to probably do some deep digging to find somebody else that might come close. But yeah, at 170, 
that's that's exactly what he needs to get over that hump, right? Yeah. Is is lean a little bit more on his on his ground skills and his submission because he's he's slick, man. Yeah, exactly. And if he gets another win or two by that, you know, if he really excels in the submission game, people are gonna forget about his strat and his stand up and his right. striking. And then he can come around with right. the fucking okie doke and fucking wally wop those <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah. We'll we'll talk more about Gilbert Burns' future coming up later on in the show. Um, but also on the card, uh, Jessica Andrade took on Laura Murphy, one unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. I thought she fucking pounded Laura Murphy. Laura Murphy really tough, stayed yeah. in there the whole time. Don't think that didn't didn't need to. I thought that after the third round or after the second round, really, it was like it was you know easy to see what was happening or what was going to happen. But her corner tried to get her, you know, her corner supported her to go forward. She went forward and. Ended up just getting beat up the whole fucking time. So for all three rounds. Yeah, I, and I, and I know that she was talking a lot about like, well, I'm gonna get her attention right away. I'm gonna get her respect right away. And just at, at no point in no. that fight was she able to actually do that. No, no, and that just speaks really to how good Andrade is getting. I mean, yeah, she seriously, because Laura Murphy's known for slowing the pace down grappling heavy you know what i'm saying taking the fighters to where they're not really good at even though she's not very uh, you know dominating as far as um you know uh, the striking and all that still that's where her bread and butter is is like really you know putting the pause button on her opponents and she couldn't she, i mean there was no way she was going to be able to stop andras was just she's a monster yeah she's way too much um and then we had uh the Walker versus Craig fight, by all means. By all means, man. I was stoked to see Johnny Walker get another win. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both these fighters. See, now that's the thing that fucking blew me away, okay? Because <laughs> I thought dude, you were uh, the biggest Paul Craig fan. I mean, I know I know you're a fan of Paul Craig, He's, but I thought he was like probably your like number one or whatever. I remember watching the fight, and we were texting about it, and I was just like, sorry for your boy. And you're like, what are you talking about? I like Johnny Walker more. And I was just like, what the fuck did I, did I go to another dimension here? What the fuck just happened? It's the Mandela effect, man. I never said that. <laughs> not, in, not in this reality. <laughs> um, I, I do. And and the, the best thing about Paul Craig is you look at some of the wins he has. He, I mean, he he broke Jamal Hill's arm. Yeah. You know, he's got a submission win over Magomed and Kaliyev. Like, he, he finds a way to pull these wins out against people that you would assume are far superior opponents, mm-hmm. but he, but he still gets it. Um, the people that, you know, what people forget about Johnny Walker is he's the ultimate glass cannon. I mean, he can be put away. He may not have a great chin, but that dude has power. That exactly. dude has knockouts in so many different positions. It's not even funny. I like, know. I know. And just, just freakish power. And, and yeah. And so he, he throws a kick. Paul Craig grabs it, which immediately you're thinking like, Oh, he's going to use this to get the takedown. He's going to get a submission. And from one leg, Johnny Walker just starts blasting him, and yeah, it knocks him out. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, it was a great fight. That whole card was good. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, also, uh, Shogun had his retirement fight. Yeah. So uh, another yeah. legend gone. But at the same time, it's time. You know, we I, so, we don't need so to time. see. We don't. So you know, time. same thing with Fedor. At some point, it's like, hey, appreciate all the years of entertainment and everything you've done for the sport, but. Get out of there, dude. Uh, no more unnecessary CT. Um, Agreed. So then uh, well, we also... Oh. Bef- before we move on to the next the next card, the only other shout-out I want to give out is to that heavyweight, Jalton Almeida. Hmm. Um, he's been really good. He uh, TKO'd Shamil um, Abdurakhimov, and he, 
this was a guy that I think was fighting at 205 mm-hmm. and is fighting at heavyweight, mm-hmm. and this guy looks like he's going to be a serious problem at heavyweight. So yeah. names to look out for, Gilton Almeida, heavyweight. Yeah. Good call. Uh, and then we had, uh, before that, UFC Fight Night 217. UFC Fight Night 217. Yep. Cannonier versus Strickland. Oh, no, no. 219. No, was it 218? 218. The other Strickland, Strickland card. Strickland versus Imabob. <laughs> <laughs> the other Strickland card. Yeah. Um, so that was before that. Um, like you said, uh, Strickland, who on the fight night before that had fought... Cannoneer. Cannoneer. Lost. Yep. Right? Um, some people thought he won. I didn't think he won. I thought Jared Cannoneer won that fight, in my opinion. And then very next fight night, jumped on it, got on there, and uh, took on a very game... Um, I'm an off and still, you know, was able to, uh, soundly get that decision. I thought, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm one of those, um, Nasruddin Imavov, one of those young up and comers. He had a little bit of hype behind him. He's got some good wins and Sean Strickland only coming off a few weeks layoff. I'm, he was really pissed about the decision. So I'm sure that he was hounding anybody for a fight and, and he got one and I'm glad that he showed out. He was a little bit more aggressive than he usually is, which is good, and I think that's probably what gave him the nod in that decision. But you know, good good for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, also on that card, Dan Ige picking up, getting a win against Damon Jackson. Um, fucking Sariano uh, lost to uh, the Russian fucking um, the Kopilov. Yeah, Kopilov, dude. That dude, Kopilov, looks like. You know, he's going to be someone to reckon with. I mean, that guy is like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting it to be that decisive and for him to knock out somebody, especially like Sariano, but that was that, that was awesome. Well, so middleweight was one of the few weight classes I didn't think had one of those Russian bastards coming for the belt, but <laughs> apparently they do. It's like fucking Red Dawn over here. They're coming over the hills. <laughs> they are, man. It's the... the Fucking red invasion. Yeah, well, good for him. Um, also on the fight card, a uh, really good fight. Kaylin Vieira lost to uh, Rocky Bennington. Yeah, yeah, dude, was not expecting that. If you would have asked me who I thought was going to win that, I would have definitely favored Kaylin Vieira. She was the favorite. Uh, she was a heavy betting favorite. Um, but I mean, Raquel Pennington, she's been in the game forever, man. Yeah, like you, you can't ever sleep on Raquel Pennington. No, no. Um, and then the younger Nirmaga Madoff. Umar. Yeah, coming in, uh, showing his skills, putting it down in the UFC. Um, I mean, KO, quick, you know? So uh, first round, what did you think about that? Uh, it, was a good, it was a good setup. It was another one that was uh, set up by the body kick. Um, you know, a lot of these... For all the other things that these Russian Dagestani fighters have going for themselves, which is, you know, the the awesome wrestling pedigree, they just, they're smart fighters. Yes, uh, yes, I agree. Um, like we talked about before, uh, Strickland lost to Cannoneer on the fight night previous to that. Um, really the only fights that I can really remember being, you know, um, prominent or something to, that I really want to talk about was the uh, Alex Caceres yeah, versus man. Julian Arosa fight. Yeah. Great fight. Yep. Uh, big fan of both of those guys. Um, 
you know, Caceres getting the KO in the first round. But what a war. That first round seemed like it was multiple rounds, thinking back to it. It, it was. it was, And Julian Arosa was probably the favorite to win. But Caceres, man, he's really turned, he's really turned the corner. Like, he's put some stuff together. Um, he's gotten some submissions lately. Um, I, that might have actually even been his first UFC knockout, like legit knockout. Yeah, could have been. For Very well, could have been a yeah. guy who calls himself Bruce Leroy, he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't think that would be the case. But I, I was really happy. I was, I was jumping out of my seat when Caceres got that knockout. Yeah, the only other thing that was, I think, as memorable, if not more, was Dober knocking out Bobby Green. Out, dude. And out, not, o- dude. but the thing was, was Bobby was fucking touching him up. Before that happened, he he was he was, but this is that's kind of like Dober's mo. Like I can't remember who he was fighting his previous fight. It was another really, um, another really awesome fighter at that weight class, and yeah, same thing was piecing him up for the first minute and a half. But but Dober is one of those guys who's just like I'm gonna bite down my mouthpiece, mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk you down, and yeah, you're gonna punch me, but I'm gonna hit you too, and I guarantee you're the one that goes down. Yeah. Um, his last two fights, he fought Alves before third round yep. KO, and before that he fought McKinney. Terrence first round. McKinney, that was Terrence yeah. McKinney was was taking it to him, mm-hmm. and then uh, Dober's got game changing power, man. I like I like watching Drew Dober fight. Like he might not ever get you know top five, but I really enjoy watching Drew Dober fight. Yeah, no, it was a it was a pretty good card. I mean, uh, that fight night, even yeah. uh, dude. Uh, what was his name? The guy that fucking beat Jake Matthews. Uh, Semmelsberger. Semmelsberger. Yep. Came out of fucking nowhere. Yep. Jake Matthews, who had been, you know, really coming yep. together lately. Um, we seen him uh, uh, fight. Who did he? Who did he win before that? He beat um, uh, Filio. Remember? Yeah. 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 And so, and that dude was knockout. Yeah, like exactly. Like a, a knockout artist type of fighter. And so when I remember watching that and being like, damn, Matthews really came a long way from just being a tough Aussie. Because yep. he was another tough yep. fucking dude. And so he had come a long way. But then that, you know, Smellsberger, like, fucking, I was just like, yeah, this dude, you know, Matthews probably going to tool this guy. And I, mean, then I was just I like, thought, wow. Yeah. Like, and he was... <laughs> Yeah, putting it on yeah. him he, he dropped him a couple times was... I know I know it, yeah we both had thought Matthews had, had turned the corner and was putting it all together and was gonna make a run but yeah Simmelsberger put him into that yeah pretty good card um also Bellator New Year's Eve Bellator versus Ryzen Bellator with a uh complete fucking white clean, clean sweep yeah. yeah um yeah. you know uh good card all around AJ McKee um, really putting it on. I think that was the fight I was the most excited to see for the whole Bellator versus Ryzen type event um, against Asuza and uh, AJ just looking like, you know, their number one talent, mm-hmm. grown homegrown talent in Bellator. They're, they're good at that. Yeah. You know, they've got a good, they've got a good stock of fighters. They've got, um, I like the way they bring along their fighters. The ones that, you know, they, They've taken a page out of the UFC handbook where they get a, a fighter with good pedigree and they hype them up and they give them a couple of favorable matchups at first and they really build them. Um, you know, they've missed a little bit. Aaron Pico comes to mind. They missed a little bit on that one. But but by and large, Bellator has done really good at, at bringing up really good talent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Patricio getting the win. Yep. Or Gucci getting the win. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I really like... 
you know, the card itself wasn't bad, but the fact that, you know, they did it as a New Year's Eve thing and they did promotion versus promotion. Yeah, I like um, that. You know, I, I really can't say enough about it. I think that that whole aspect is really probably the biggest part that MMA is missing right now as far as in its evolutionary track. Mm. We're getting to a point where we've got some pretty good promotions, some pretty dominant promotions, you know, clear number one. But then besides that, you know, two could be anybody, three, four. I mean, all that's mixed up. And it's the exact same thing with fighting. We'll then make them fight each other. You know, I, I would really love to see that. This, these cross-promotional, do a big thing. Do it on New Year's Eve. And yeah, so maybe you're not doing champ versus champ. But like you said, let's get a couple of the you know two through five guys, our, a couple of our two through fives in a couple of different weight classes versus your two through five guys, a couple of weight classes. Let's see how it shakes out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And you're right, because... Regardless of who wins or loses, it does good for both promotions. Absolutely. It's not like everybody's like, oh, Ryzen's just some, you know, Japanese feeder league of sorts, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, like them going against Bellator like mm-hmm. this only further, you know, promotes their, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, promotion. It, 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 it does, the, you know, shows Bellator how good, you know, they're coming along. It's just, yeah, I really, you know, I really appreciate uh, Coker as well as Saki Kabara coming together to do that and really look forward to the future of what's possible. Agreed. And and I think that there's probably other promotions that would be up for that. Maybe not PFL because their structure is a little bit different having a tournament style, but I could see I could see one jumping in with that. You know, I could see some of these other smaller promotions jumping in on that. Yeah, exactly. Um dude, I would love to see a one versus Yeah fucking anybody dude i would dude i would fucking oh my god can you imagine the fucking caliber of fighters that one could bring to be like even if we didn't do champion versus champion i know do you know what i'm saying no i do i'm already doing this like fantasy matchup like dude it doesn't matter what weight division it doesn't you know like jesus dude it could be well and one has all these champs that are jumping weight classes right now it seems like so they'll fight whoever you know that's what i like about those one fighters are like well, that's another weight class. I don't care. Like, I know. <laughs> fucking one fucking, let's bring the Muay Thai fucking yes. fighters in from one to fight fucking the BKFC dudes. And fucking, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I want to fucking see. Um, all right. Uh, that would be good. Yeah. Ryzen also, besides that whole event, they had their own card. John Dotson uh, got a win over uh, Tokoro, uh, Hidoyo Tokoro, um, you know. Big uh, Japanese name fighter, especially from the Dream Era. Um, also, Johnny Case, who used to fight in the UFC prior, um, you know, is really looking like he's putting it together. Got a first round KO in the event. So, yeah, so great job for Ryzen. Um, before that, we had a great Bellator 289 card. Um, Stotts versus Sabatello. This is kind of going to piggyback into the other UFC, but man, that main event, Stotts versus Sabatello, yeah. it was, uh, you know, it was a deci- it was a decision split for Stotts, but Stotts really, it, it was a good fight the first round, the first two or three rounds, pretty good even fight. After the third round, really into the third, fourth, fifth round, Stotts just took away with it, took it, you know, and then there was the whole controversy with uh, Crosby and him giving, you know, his decision to Sabatello, who clearly didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and all of that. But yeah, it was a great card. Liz Kamush uh, got the um, flyweight championship win, submission armbar yeah. over Sweet Velasquez. Armbar, yeah. yeah, no, it was a really, really good card. Um, uh, P- uh, Patchy Mix got a win over uh, Magomedov. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting a lot from that card, but then watching it, I was like, "Damn, Bellator's really bringing it." So they they do, and and a lot of that has to do with matchmaking, smart matchmaking, yeah. right? Because styles make fights, and sometimes you can't just put you can't just think about rankings when you're making your fights. But if you can really understand how these styles make fights, yeah, you can put together a great card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of that, UFC two eighty two. Which was uh, supposed to be uh, Jan versus Magomed for the championship, and that went to a draw. And a lot of people considered it really lackluster. And then that's how we got the whole Hill versus Teixeira fight. But I'll be honest with you, I thought that the fight, I I didn't think it was very, it wasn't the most entertaining, but I thought it was still pretty entertaining. I thought that Jan really brought it in the first couple rounds. Um, was able to, um, you know, really stall whatever Magomed was trying to do on the feet um, and leg kick the shit He was out beating of him. him on the feet. No, Easy. Yeah, like, yeah. And then after Magomed really was getting to the point where he couldn't even really stand, like yeah. he was getting to the point where it was just really bad, then he started just taking him down and just, you know, controlling him and beating him up on the ground. It was like, dude, you should have just done that from the beginning. I, I know. I don't... I don't know that if he could have, but you're right. You're right. I mean, every time you see that, you know, the whole armchair advisor kicks in, and you're just like, well, why would you just doing that the whole time? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I had it three rounds to two for Jan, mm-hmm. and I didn't even think I didn't even think he was going to win that fight. But watching it unfold, yeah, I had the first three for Jan, the last two for Ankaliyev. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean that's how I had it too. Um, and now. We get to the Patty Pimlet fight. <laughs> <laughs> he won that fight. I uh, gave him all three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, I'll, let me say my piece here first. Okay? Please, please, um, please. Because I want to be honest, besides Patty, you're the only other person that thinks that fucking he won that fight. So, please, <laughs> please, I want to know. Um, you know, uh, Gordon racked up a lot of control time, but honestly did not do a lot with it. He, he was not getting any kind of consistent takedowns. He wasn't even attempting to land shots from the clinch, which is where most of this fight played out. He was content to sit there against the cage with Patty, and, um, and, and Patty was the aggressor. Patty was engaging. Yes, he got hit, but he was the one moving forward, and none of those strikes looked like they did anything to Patty, so... I was not upset with that decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I see your point. I do see your point. And I remember we talked about it afterwards. I wasn't like, I, I wasn't like, oh, it was a fucking big robbery. In my viewpoint, I had Gordon winning the fight. I, I had him winning um, two rounds to one. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, even though his strikes weren't necessarily – you know, looking like they did tons of damage. I mean, they were hitting Patty, and Patty was getting red, but he's a really pale dude, so it's really hard to tell exactly. Just the fact that he was continuously getting off good shots was Mm -hmm. how I was racking up the score count as far as who was winning. I didn't have any kind of, like, really dog in the fight. Um, But, yeah, I mean, 
it is what it is. I, I definitely thought Gordon won, and a lot of people did. And, uh, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter because Patty got the W, and he's going <laughs> to yeah. move on. So, I'll, I mean, I'll throw out the disclaimer. I'm a big fan of Patty. That might be why I scored that fight for him. <laughs> okay. Um, but then also, on the card, uh, Ponzinibbio against Alex Morano. Uh, really thought Alex was this was going to be a show-and-off party. I was yep. expecting him to come out. It was supposed and, to be his coming-out yep, party. And yep. do really good. And Ponzinibbio was like, it's not time yet. You know? <laughs> it's not time yet. I mean, seriously, like uh, – um yeah third round ko over him just uh you know it, it was a good fight really good for to see uh santiago put it together like that especially this latter in his career yeah i'm interested to see who they match him up with moving forward you know i don't think that i don't know i i already counted him out for this fight so really don't fucking ask me because i i don't know but i'm just saying i probably wouldn't favor him against a lot of the other you know um uh, middleweights, welterweights moving up. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wouldn't I wouldn't favor him against anybody that he's already, you know. So, I mean. I'll watch any fight where he's not fighting a wrestler. We'll just put it that way. That's true. Because no. he'll he'll stand and bang, and he's got heavy hands, man. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, also, Darren Till versus Duplessis was on the card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, Darren Till, you know, I mean, really, what can you say? He... <laughs> Didn't it didn't look like he was fully engaging into the fight yet? He was still in the fight, so it wasn't like you know he went in there and got shut off and then just fucking that was the end of the fight where you'd be like, dude, this is clearly the end. He was in the fight, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Duplessis I, was able to really just have the fight to go his way. I do, I and I see some of these performances from Darren Till, and I and for better or for worse, I find myself asking myself. It, was Darren Till ever that good? He, I mean, he got a title shot, yeah. but he got basically knocked out and submitted by Woodley. Yeah, um, his biggest wins at one seventy were Cowboy, a Cowboy. Which mm-hmm. again, I'm not sure how much that counts because of where <sighs> Cowboy was in his career. Um, and then a really super boring decision with Wonder Boy mm-hmm. when nobody did anything. And then he got starched by Masvidal mm-hmm. and then moved up and had like 30 good seconds against Robert Whitaker before Robert Whitaker beat him up. I just, I'm, I'm just wondering if he can be better than he has shown us the last few fights or if that's who Darren Till is and maybe he wasn't ever actually that good. You know, it's really interesting that you brought that up because I also think about that um, as we go further into his career. Because yes, when you look at, you know, the list of opponents that he that he's had, um, you know, um, Brunson, Whitaker, Gastelum, Masvidal, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those guys. Um, I don't I don't think he's got to win over any of them. Right. right? Um, but the thing is, is that if if you go back to the Cowboy fight and before that, um, he you know fought uh, Villa. Villa Chikovic or whatever, Villa, whatever. Um, but even going back to that time period, there was, I believe that at that time period, he was that good. I think that especially given the rest of the talent at the time, the way he was coming up, the way he was progressing, his stand-up, what he had to offer, the game at the time, um, his movement was a big part of it. Not mm-hmm. only his uh, IQ with the strikes, but then the way he would move you know, very smoothly in and out and be able to do that. I mean, that's pretty much 
how he painted uh, Cerrone in that fight was he right. was able just to cut those angles and just beat the shit out of Donald. And after that, Donald wasn't really ever even you know close to being considered um, you know a contender at right. the top or anything a real threat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that I think he was. I think that Darren Till really was. What I think happened, and a lot of people talk about it, and it's really the only thing I can like point to, is that they put him in against Woodley too early. You know, they put him in and they should have taken their time a little bit and really tried to, you know, work on some of those things that uh, parts of his game that he needed to address and, and figure it out while he had the momentum, while he was young, before a lot of these punishment, punishing fights, taking on a lot of damage, a lot of the injuries, all that stuff over the years accumulates, accumulates on top of it to where the fighter themselves second guesses, wonders what's going on, the rest of it. Um, but at that time period, I really do think that it was very deserving that he was, you know, possibly, you know, one of the next champions, could be one of the next champions coming up. It's just they tried to fast track it. They tried to get a, uh, you know, a champion out of the UK. They really wanted to hit it with that market. So they put him in there against Woodley. It was too much. He got brutal, brutalized and beat up. And he was kind of like, you know, like like that for the next couple of fights where he didn't didn't take the chances, didn't really have any fluid movement, was able to just get taken down and beat up a bunch. And um, and so, yeah. So I'll do even one better than that. And not that we need to spend a whole lot of time talking about Darren Till, but the, the Wonder Boy Thompson fight was mm-hmm. a really bad matchup that didn't do anything for either one of them. It wasn't an eventful fight. Very true. Till didn't even make weight. Very true. So very true, and then and that's and that's the fight that gave him the title shot, and and that's I think that's why this whole thing rubs me the wrong way, right? Right. Because but okay, you're right. But think about Wonder Boy versus Holland, right? Stand up fight, right? And show how good Wonder Boy still is, even after all this time. He didn't look that good against Hill. I don't remember that fight having a lot of ground time to it. No. It was just a very like stalling out, like boring fight. Right, so part. so why give Till the title shot off of that? I, I guess is my question, especially since he didn't make weight, and and like I said, we obviously saw it was too early to be fighting a Woodley. So I mean, a hundred percent, I couldn't agree with you more. Like I said, the only thing that I can think is that the UFC wanted to have that UK champion. Look at the amount of money that they make off of Patty Pimlet. Yes. And he's not even no. close to a title shot. No. You know what I'm and, saying? And Regardless of who won that fucking match. No, and I don't even think he's as good. I mean, he's a different fighter than Till, but I don't know. I don't even think he's as skilled as Till. So, no, you're absolutely right about that. They they do tend to push certain fighters more than others. and yes, Based on the markets, that, based on the money they can that make. That European market is huge, whether yeah. they're Irish, whether they're English. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. get they get. There's huge a lot push. of money from those people in that part of the yeah. world that want to see their guy on top. Yeah, I mean that's fucking part of the whole fighting thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's fucking inherent in us. They're usually pretty good shit talkers too, so it helps yeah. helps hide fights. Yeah, exactly. Fucking crooked teeth. Um, <laughs> but it, but anyways, um, also on that UFC 282 card, what a fucking card it was. Yeah, Ilya Teporia, right? Yeah, against Bryce Mitchell. We had talked about it. We we're both really hyped on yeah. it. Fucking paid off in spades. Yep. Okay. I mean, fucking Ilya Teporia, as far as it goes for featherweight, that's the fucking dude I want to see fight. He's like, the, the next. next he's yeah. the next big thing. Yeah. Like straight exactly. up, he's the next big thing. I know. Now, and he needs to fight fucking Patty, right? I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say don't do that fight. I just, 
I, I know how that fight's gonna go. He's gonna beat the shit out of Patty. Now the one thing. Now now the one thing I will say is I do think people sleep on Patty's ground game. I think Patty wants to be the striker and wants to get knockouts, knock people out. But I I do think if it ended up being one of these ground scrambles, like I do think people underrate Patty. I think he's strong. I think he cuts a lot of weight, and I think he does have skill on the ground. Right. But um, even though I'm willing to uh, to admit that I think Bryce Mitchell might have had an off night. I still don't think he was taking the W even on his best day against Ilya Topuria. And no. yes, I do think at 145, he's the next big thing. Yeah. Really, in that fight, what I was really excited about was we know how good Bryce Mitchell is when it comes to submission, mm-hmm. working the ground game, working his ground game yep. specifically. Um, and I really hadn't seen what Topuria could do or to negate it, to mm-hmm. deal with it, to, you know, whatever, be offensive himself. And after watching it, dude, I was, I mean, even if he had a, you know, off night, it's just like, man, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm big time on the hype trip now for. Oh, absolutely. And, and I jumped on that after he beat Ryan Hall. I was the, so ready to be on the Ilya Ilya bandwagon after he beat Ryan Hall. I was happy and and he has not disappointed since. So yeah, I'm 1000% behind that guy. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to his next fight too. Yeah, um, Jarzinho Rosenstruck getting the fucking uh, KO in the first round against Chris. Twenty seconds. Dukakis. Yeah, and that, yeah, I'm not sure how much longer Chris will be in the UFC. Um, I, I know he had a, a decent start, but it has. N- he's got that whole Edmund Shabazian thing where, yeah. you know, a lot of hype. Thought they were going to do really good. First mm-hmm. couple of fights looked really good, mm-hmm. but then you start meeting some decent talent and and you can't starts you can't plateauing hang. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of Edwin Shabazian, he pulled out a KO. You know. Yeah. So against was that guy? Was a guy? Was he Italian? No. I mean, maybe half. <laughs> <laughs> Dolce Lungiambula. Yeah, I mean... He's not Italian? No, it's probably fucking, you know, the fucking Italians probably, like, fucking, uh, what's it called, colonized that part of the world at no, one point. You know what I'm saying? Some shit like that. He's Congolese, man. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, um, nah, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, he looked pretty good. He's getting a win for a, in a while. Yeah. I'm not ready to fucking have him start facing really, like, top-name no. contenders. No. But at the same time, it's good. It'd be the same thing as if... Uh, Maybe not. It'd be even better to see Darren Till get a knockout. But it would be along those same kind of lines where it'd be somebody that you're kind of like, okay, they're getting done. They're kind of, you know, pushing them off. And yeah. then all of a sudden it gets a knockout against a young actually, up-and-comer. I actually really like that matchup. Against Shabazian and Darren Till. Let's really? Let's look that. I okay. like that matchup. Let's okay. look that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd be willing to see it. Um, yeah. And then Chris Curtis um, getting the win, the KO over Yakin Buckley. Mm-hmm. So, uh Man, um, I don't know. I'm a fan of Buckley. He's going to come <laughs> to fight. But, you know, that's the thing about it. That fucking knockout that he had, it really, like, didn't do him a lot of favors. You it know en- what I'm saying? Yeah, it ends up being bad for your career when something like that happens. Um, is And, unfortunately, we've seen it happen a few different times. And I do. I like watching Mokin Buckley. He's an exciting fighter. Um, and... And Chris Curtis really got upset with his last fight because his the guy he was fighting wouldn't engage him. Yep. So I knew he had some you know angst he needed to get out, and unfortunately that was on Joaquin. But both of these guys are are only going to win fights with the right matchup. So okay, 
I don't know about that. You do have a good point, though, with that. And that is the fact that it takes two to dance. Now, if Chris Curtis, if Joaquin Buckley had fought Chris Curtis like Chris Curtis's last opponent had fought him, it would have been a pretty fucking boring match. And who yeah. knows if he would have got to win. But that's not how Buckley fights. Right. Buckley comes straight forward at you attacking. Mm-hmm. Because of that, we got a fireworks fight. And because of that, I appreciate it from both fighters. Of course. So that's why we know who Joaquin Buckley is. And we don't fucking know who the fuck Chris Fer- Curtis fought before. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on the early prelims, even that card was stacked. Uh, Billy Quarantino getting the... Uh, KO over Alex Hernandez. Yep. Um, yep. Well, speaking uh, of Donald Cerrone. Exactly. I, I, I like Billy. Um, Alex is another one of those Edmund Shabazian fighters. Came in, had a lot mm-hmm. of hype. Mm-hmm. First two fights looked really good. Then starts fighting legit competition and is not cutting it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we are all fucking caught up, dude, with the overview. Oh, man. I know. It's been a minute. I know. Okay. So it's moving on to hot takes. It's really hot. All right, all right. The hot takes. Yeah. Let's let's just start from the most important or the biggest shit that's happened and we'll work our way back. Okay? This is, this is hot as shit. This is gonna probably gonna be the hottest hot takes uh, that we've hot had. Take I mean, e- yeah, ever. exactly. Like, we don't have any hasbula either. So I mean, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I just can't. I just can't even fathom something coming along that's as big as this is gonna be. <laughs> I mean, literally as big as it's gonna be. That's exactly literally. Okay. Okay. Francis Ngannou, the fucking heavy undisputed heavyweight champion yep. of the UFC, is gone. He's from gone. the UFC. Took the belt with him. Yep. He's out. Yep. He's on to greener pastures. Um good on him, you know. I'm I'm happy. He gets to do his thing before the UFC ruins him with their bullshit like they tend to do. Hundred percent. Um, and I fucking am super impressed and fucking give him nothing but the biggest respect for sticking to his guns. Yeah. He didn't let the money dictate his, his terms. Right. There was a lot more at, at play than yep. just the amount of money that was going to get involved with it. And so he wanted to do stuff for himself, like yeah. box, yeah. do this other stuff. Right. I mean, that's, I mean. Yeah, when you're as big as he is and you have as much power as he is and literally can put anybody out, it's like, why the fuck not? You know? Well, and, that's and, what he wanted to do originally was come to this country and box. Yeah. And it, this was just the easier path for him. Yeah. And now he gets to, now he's in a position to do whatever the fuck he wants yeah. to do. And yeah. And literally box the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, straight up. And he wanted to do stuff for the fighters. He wanted to have health insurance. Yep. Was one of the things. There was like a list of stuff that he was like, these were all the things I didn't, exp- I wasn't, I knew that we weren't going to get them all or even a half of them, but I just thought that, you know, some of them would, would be accepted yeah. and we could find that middle deal and they couldn't no. because the only thing the UFC was willing to budge on was money. They were yeah. like, we will give you more money. And he's like, no, there's more at play than just money because no matter how much they were going to give him, even if it was like Dana White said, the biggest contract in UFC history, more than they were going to pay Fade or more than they paid Brock Lesnar and blah, 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 blah. It's still going to pale in comparison to what he's going to get for that fucking boxing fight. I agree. So it's not about Agreed. the money. And not only that, not only that, but he's going to get a bigger cut of whatever boxing match that he gets into. He's going to get promotional dollars. He's going to get sponsorship yeah. dollars. He's going to yeah. get all of these things that you don't get when you fight in the UFC. Yeah, not only that, but then entrepreneurial, do his own promotion like yeah, fucking exactly. McGregor did, do whatever, because yeah. there's going to be that much money at play. There's going to be that much people looking into it. Mm. 
But the UFC is like, oh, yeah, we'll let fucking Connor box Floyd Mayweather, who's like <laughs> fucking the, one of the most like Floyd is a great defensive boxer. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like the biggest showman. I mean, pretty boy Floyd. Yeah. Right. Fucking money Mayweather. Not so much. Right. And uh, they let McGregor do that fucking farce because they knew all the fucking money it was going to make and yada, yada. Dude. I mean, let's be honest. Who has more of a chance? McGregor boxing Floyd or Francis boxing Fury. Now, I don't think that, I'll be honest with you, in a boxing match, I really, you know, Tyson Fury, it's going to be hard to touch him, you know? Uh, Francis Ngannou can make any, can knock anybody out if he can touch you, but, I mean, Tyson Fury fights big dudes with a lot of power all the time, and it's hard for them to fucking touch him. Even if they touch him, look at fucking the Bronx Bomber. Look yeah, at, look no, at him. And he exactly puts him down, and say. he fucking sat back up like the fucking Undertaker. Yeah, that's exactly you know what, what I'm saying? I was going to say. He is the gypsy king. Like he is, he's one of the best heavyweight boxing champs of of all time. Yeah. I and mean, he's a large dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, and I know Francis Ngannou was big, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm tuning in for that. I'm I'll pay pay per view money for that. Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent So big kudos to Francis. I really was waiting to see how it was all going to come down, and I'm so glad that he didn't sell out for fucking money just for another UFC contract. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The matchups that could have been that could have happened if he would have stayed in the UFC, I want to see those. But Which ones, though? He, he's, he's beat most of the top ten already. I know, but okay. There's a rubber match with Miocic that I would like to see. Jones is coming up. I want to see that fight. There's... You know, even the even the Gon fight, even if Gon could get a couple of wins and come back, I'd be interested with the history that they have with the trainers and stuff. Maybe fucking, you know. Okay. There was some stuff that I really wanted to see as far as if Francis was able to stay. But I'm even more impressed that he was able to go because he's going into his own realm. Who knows? Mm. Maybe he goes in boxes. Maybe he goes and does MMA. Maybe he does both. Maybe he doesn't do shit. Maybe yeah. that's the end of it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that he put his career into his hands. So many fighters don't, you yeah. know? And then uh, that's what he was saying the whole time was he was like, look, like, I want to be able to make the decisions for myself. And the UFC is like, no, all you're going to get is a little bit more money, you know, closer to fair pay. And, and he left. And so, yeah. So, yeah. Kudos to Francis. Can't give him enough props. But now what we are left with as far as in – the MMA world right now and in the UFC world specifically is Jones versus gone for the heavyweight title. So Jones <clears throat> after 10 years, mm-hmm. finally making his heavyweight debut after 10 years. <laughs> oh yeah. No, tw- 2013. He was all about tweeting. He's like, I'm moving to heavyweight. <laughs> this is where I'm going. Okay. I mean that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't blame me for not believing this day would never come. And mm-hmm. I'm still super skeptical that he makes it to the ring, but we can get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyril Gaon, a legit heavyweight, like a legit heavyweight. This is not a guy that like, oh, if you got in shape, you can make 205. No, Gaon's a legit heavyweight. He's got great movement, um, great striking, and um, Jones hasn't fought in three calendar years. And, uh, yeah, and didn't even least. look that good his last two fights at light heavyweight. No, I mean the Dominic Reyes one is a dispute of whether he not or whether he not won that. Tiago Santos yeah. was fucking close fight. Tiago's almost looked like he could have, but if Tiago's leg wouldn't have been as compromised as it was, yeah. he probably would have been able to win that fight. I mean, 
I don't think that I am, I'm with you. I don't think that Jones has shown us much in this game. It's all about what he's shown me lately. It exactly. really is. Exactly. And I don't think that Jones has shown us much lately. Yeah. And now he's going to go up and face heavier dudes. Now, at the same time, they can't be slower. But at the same time, dude, if you're getting fucking touched that much against these other dudes, even though they're a little bit faster, let's see if a little bit more power fucking actually finishes it. You know, he's, plus there's been all this time off now. He's, the, the time off, he's packed on weight, so he's going to be slower. He was never a power puncher to begin nope. with. Um, yeah, he's giving up all the advantages he had at 205. He's yeah. not going to have the height advantage. He's not going to have the reach advantage. Yep. There's n- nobody in the world is going to give him the striking advantage over a, a pedigree like like Gone. And so if if you're if you're asking me, this is going to have to be old school John Jones clinch game, ground game. Yeah. And and the only I know France got Cyril Gone down, but Gone moves really well. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as John thinks it is to get him down. That's true. That's true. I, 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 I definitely agree with you. And the other, the other part of that is, um, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be as easy. Can he take him down? Yes. Um, there's so many other variables at play and all those things that you said before that were big advantages at 205 aren't advantages or even if they are, they're very slight advantages. So they're not the glaring ones that they used to be. What's going to be interesting, like you said, or what's going to be good for Jones is going to be working his clinch, being able to try to, you know, mix it up even better against maybe some of these heavier weights that haven't seen it, you know, to that kind of level. Um, But realistically, I mean, he's going to have to be dirty. He's going to have to be even more dirty than he's been. I mean, we're talking Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, okay? <laughs> That's what he's going to have to. He's going to have to be fucking super dirty. Eye pokes, fuck, kicking the fucking knees out, fucking all that shit. We're going to have to see if, we're gonna have to see another level of dirty. I, I don't think that works against... There are some heavyweights that are short, they're stout, you know, they're maybe not in, in great shape, and those would have been better matchups, in my opinion, for John Jones. Not Cyril Gaon. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's the worst matchup at heavyweight, in my opinion, for him. I, I, I'm, I'm putting my money on Cyril Gaon. I do not see John Jones winning this <laughs> fight. I don't even see that fight going the distance. I'll be honest with you. I see Gaon winning, too, but I see it being a lot closer. I think how it all depends is who shows up on one night. I really do. Yeah. Jones has been out so long. If he shows up on a good night and, you know, like, you know, Francis was able to take down Cyril when he wanted to. I think that Jones has a much higher ped- pedigree of MMA wrestling in order to take him down when he wants to. Is he going to be able to? I don't I don't know because nobody was expecting to see that. You know, nobody was expecting to see Francis go for takedowns over and over. We all thought it was going to be a stand-up striking match, including Gunn. You know, and so he probably worked the ground game, but he didn't work it like he thought. I mean, let's be honest. Ever since this was a possibility, not not that Gon doesn't work the ground. I'm not saying he doesn't work like all New York stand up. I don't fucking know what he does. I assume because it's MMA, he does everything. But I guarantee you that since this fight's been announced, that's what he's been doing because he's got he's not worried about the striking. He's not worried about right. Jones' striking. Right. It's going to be purely about learning and getting the skills high enough to be able to work defense and that's the thing about mma wrestling that we've seen over all these years you can have superior wrestling skill and if you fight guys that don't 
you can run over them mm-hmm. like a fucking freight train. But if a guy is able to understand, you know, just the defense, I mean, you can v- almost negate, you know, the sta- the the takedown. Well, so, and, that, and, I, and it starts with the footwork, which Gon has really good footwork. That's true. He can understand how to, and and distance is going to be easy for him because, again, he's going to be fighting somebody who's used to fighting people that's smaller than he is. Jones always had difficulty getting takedowns on people that were as tall as he was, even at 205. Yeah. Like he was not somebody that was just taking everybody down in this, you know, pure wrestler like we see these Russians are nowadays. Yeah. It's not chain wrestling. This That was not ever Jones game. No, exactly. And even DC, he wasn't even taking DC down until the later rounds after DC was already gassed. Who yeah. never, DC never had a great gas tank. I mean, that was right. never his thing, but you're right. Yeah, so I, I I don't see that being something. I, I know he's going to try and count on it. I just don't see it going the way that he thinks it's going to go in, in his mind. No. I, I, really, I really don't. No, exactly. And like you said, yeah, he's put on a lot of mu- oh, weight. You know, fighters always say, put on all this muscle mass, like fucking whatever the fuck ever. But he's put on a bunch of weight, um, and he does look like, you know, pretty ripped. But at the same time, all of that is going to need oxygen. Yeah. All of that is going to slow you down. It's going to weigh on your frame. It's going to make your body, when you're just doing the normal stuff, different because of how it moves, you know? And then yeah. everything's going to, the reaction time, all that stuff. So. And ring rust is real. Man. No, like, exactly. Like we've seen it. They always they always take years off and they're like, no, I'm ready. No, ring rust is not a factor. And then you watch them in the fight. And even when they get the win, you can tell. like. Yeah. It definitely affects you. You're never in fight shape unless you're fighting fairly regularly. Yeah, and and that's so that's not in his favor either. And I, and everyone's I know everyone's going to go back to this, but but Francis took gone down. Francis is a monster of a man. True. Francis is extremely strong and powerful. True. And it wasn't he wasn't being technical when he got game no. down. He was literally just muscling him to the ground. Yeah. And I don't think. That's something Joe. I don't think Jones has. Is going to be able to be the bigger muscle. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Jones has reached Francis Ngannou's strength no. in the time that he's been off putting on weight. I, <laughs> I mean, don't. let's yeah, let's be honest. Like, yeah, that goes back to some of the things of like, can Gon get the wrestling skills in one fight camp that John Jones has? No, but can John Jones even in two years off putting on a bunch of weight? Can he have the type of frame that Francis got? No, no. These are no. These take years and years, if not genetics, to fucking yeah. you know to to showcase. So, I'm with you. I, I am, and the more that we talk about it, the more it even solidifies in my head that Gon's gonna win this fucking fight. I want to see what the betting is. I usually don't bet, but I'll tell you what. If fucking Jones is a fucking favorite, I'm getting some fucking money on that you, shit. You need to check the lines. Last I checked, Jones was the favorite. Yeah. 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 Um. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's let's just play a little bit of fucking what if. Okay. So where do you where do you think Francis is going? What's going to happen with Francis next? If you had to bet, where is he going to go? Oh, I think he's going to. I think he's taking the Tyson Fury fight after Usyk. Um. So the last I heard, the last interview I had seen with Fury is, um, he would prefer the Ngannou fight. Oh, I'm sure. Right. Um, but I'm not sure. You know how boxing politics are. He might have an obligation to defend against Usyk. Yeah. And if that's the case, then he might not have a choice. He might have to fight Usyk first. No, I, I'm pretty sure they've made that fight. They've made the Usyk okay. fight. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's going to happen next. But that's what I'm saying. After the Usyk fight, I could see I could see Francis being there. And, you know, whoever wins, Francis yeah. being like, 
Let's get this fucking money fight going. I don't know if it'll be whoever wins. I st- and and I don't see Usyk beating Tyson Fury, so <laughs> maybe that's a moot point. But um, but yeah, the the next thing, the next time I we see Francis in a in a combat sport, it'll be against Fury. That's what you I think feel. so? Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I would not um think it crazy that he ends up in BKFC. I really don't. Really. Now here's why. Because those dudes are throwing money like like it's the goddamn Federal Reserve over there, okay? <laughs> they're fucking... I mean, I'm just saying. They don't do it to everybody. But, I mean, okay. they're willing to pay okay. Nate crazy amounts of money, Diaz, to right. come in and fight for them. I'm sure that they're going to fucking appease Francis Ngannou to see him come in there and fight. And, like, I'll be honest with you. I really, really like... BKFC's heavyweight division. I want to. I can't wait now to see this Allen right. Belcher, you know, fight. Uh, I I really want to see it. But dude, Francis, God, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like <laughs> that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just gonna come. I he's do. just gonna be fucking uppercutting people's heads off their shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. That, that's kind of a dream scenario. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. But they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to acquiesce to his demands, right? No, they will. And they'll pay, and they'll have him fight. But he can also go fight MMA or fight boxing or whatever. He's right. not gonna be exclusive to them, right? And he wouldn't have to. Be, and he um, he'd give him a break on on the uh, the base pay, right? Yeah. Be like, no, you don't have to give me twenty million to fight. I'll fight for ten, eight, eight to ten million. Yeah. But you are gonna have to let me cross promote yep. and box when yep. I want and and my own promotion yeah, and exactly. whatever else exactly. maybe bring in his own fighter team or whatever you know yep. some other fighters to get on the card whatever's going to happen and I'm sure that BKFC would do that I'm sure they would yeah especially to have Francis Ngannou as your fucking champion I mean yeah. Jesus Christ yeah so uh I'm just saying there's a lot of possibilities out there. I mean, fucking Bellator. There's a lot of possibilities of where he can end up. I mean, yeah. he could end up in multiple places. But I'm just saying, first, the thing about it is BKFC, they work fucking fast. So if they can get it done, they'll fucking jump whatever bridges that need to happen in order gotcha. to get this fucking fight on. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. some of these other promotions will be like, Bellator, I can see them being like, no, let's play this out. We'll have this guy versus this guy. And then we'll have Francis come in and he'll talk. And then we'll have this. You know what I'm saying? I can <laughs> yeah. see them doing this uh-huh. whole fucking thing. Uh-huh. And um, and so, yeah, in the boxing, we already got Fury versus Usyk now. So I could see them trying to get at some going. I'm just saying, out of all things considered, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Um, and then if John Jones loses to Gon, does it hurt his greatest, you know, fighter? Some people think that he's the greatest fighter of all time. I think it's definitely up for debate. He should be part of the conversation in there, given his career and his record, you know, just on paper. Now, if you actually go through those fights, all the rest of it, all, you know, all the stuff on the uh, behind the scenes, a lot of that stuff, it gets really questionable. It gets really muddy. Okay. But I'm just saying, does him coming in and losing to gone, does that hurt hit it like overall i i would really like a whole show dedicated to <laughs> ruining john jones legacy um I, I don't think it's i don't think it's that great. i don't think it's as great as everyone thinks it is i mean you can always do that oh he fought the guys that were in front of him but how impressive are these wins really anyway it's not what we're talking about okay um no i, I don't think i i don't think ever no matter who you are, or what situation you're in, moving up a weight class and losing tarnish, tarnishes anything. Yeah. I, I, just for me, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, as far as some of these other, you know, uh, you know, magazine editors or 
you know, sports journalists. Maybe for them it does, but no, not 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 for me. No, I, I agree. I agree. I uh, it, it's 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 never about the winning or losing. It's always about like the journey to go out and do it, to be able to do it right. That's a lot more of what it speaks about, you know, the fighting spirit, all the rest of that than it does, you know, winning or everybody. I mean, it's 50-50, anybody on any night. That's how it fucking works. That's why we love it. That's why we watch it. It's all over the place. But I'll be honest with you. If what John Jones has done in his personal life and even in the ring hasn't tarnished it, I don't think him losing at another weight division is going to do any any kind of, you know, more damage to no, it. No, no. I mean, and in, and he's he's in this very unique situation where, like like I said, talking about moving to heavyweight for so long and then not looking so good at 205 and then, you know, taking the leave of absence, finally going, fi- just finally actually, I mean, walking into the ring, the octagon for a heavyweight bout, is a win for yeah, him. Yeah, you know, no, it's true. Like, because he finally did it. You know, it, it took balls. He did what he said he was going to do, yeah. whether or not it took him a decade or not. Yeah. Like, and and to fight a legit, you know, not to come in and fight, you know, uh, somebody that's not a contender and not to fight somebody that's over the hill, but to go in and fight, you know, Top the, three the, in the, the, world. the number two guy yeah. and, and maybe the number one guy since, Francis you know, Francis Ngannou's out. Yeah, no, I mean, that's. That's a win right there. Whether you get knocked out in ten seconds or not, like yeah. that's yeah, you still get you still get uh, usually get points from me for for doing that. No, exactly. One thing I want to add really quick is that I noticed I went to the UFC rankings on their website oh, to yeah. find out what the heavyweight you know landscape right now looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, they bury they buried heavyweight at the bottom, underneath all the other you know mm-hmm. male weight divisions, and then look at that. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. Yeah. There's no champ. There's not even a fucking picture of a belt. Like, they should <laughs> at least have a picture of a fucking belt. They, there's literally nothing there. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on from the first one to Power Slap. <laughs> so Dana White's Power Slap has a This is a, this a, is a premier- lukewarm take. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dana White has... Um, you know, uh, Dana White's power slap, rather, not Dana White by himself. That's what they call it because of his name, and it helps to promote it or whatever. But whatever. The power slap fucking shit um, has debuted, I believe, there two, three episodes? I don't know. Somewhere around there yeah, right don't now. Don't know. Don't care. Okay. So that's <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. How you feel about No, I don't. I don't know how many episodes there have been. I don't, I don't care. Okay. I, it's not... Not something I have time for. I mean, it, it, with all the legit <laughs> MMA that I have to watch, combat sports. I know it's, it's yeah. It, no, I should rephrase that. You know, combat sports because there's, um, there's Muay Thai, there's kickboxing, there's you know the grappling matches. Yeah, no, I do not have time to watch two dudes take turns slapping each other. I don't. I I, I can't agree more. I mean, except for the fact that. I took some time <laughs> to watch it. Well, good on you, well, man. Because, well, on because you. here's the thing. I knew we were going to talk about That's it. That's journalistic integrity right there. I mean, I, I'm not a journalist, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure, because I didn't have a very, I didn't have a strong viewpoint. Remember? I remember when we talked about this whole thing before, and I was like, hey, if one dude's going to give another dude a fucking concussion and knock him out, I'm probably going to end up watching it. Okay. Remember? That was like yep. almost quote unquote what I said. Right. 
So I knew that if it premiered, we were going to talk about it. So one night I sat down fucking with my weed pen and fucking watched, <laughs> watched some episodes. And um, I'll tell you what, the first first episode wasn't bad. It, it really wasn't bad. I was watching it and I was kind of like, you know, feeling like, you know, okay, here's the story of some of these guys and they don't really have anything going for them. And they're going to come in here and maybe they can slap their way to fucking notoriety or whatever, right? And so I was like, it's not bad. But... After that, after the first episode, the second episode was already out. And so I went to watch the second episode and I realized as soon as that second episode started, like I was done. Yeah. Like I was done because of the fact that not only from all the years of watching elite combat sports, mm-hmm. you know, acted out in the, the most um, technical and the most, you know, skillful way, not only is my like sensory fucking whatever fucking um you know uh, attention span not only is it like i'm geared to try to be figuring out a lot more my brain is to see what's going on but it's just like watching two guys go back and forth and slap each other you can only get so much of it there's literally only so much you can get it's not like different styles, you know, different fucking, uh, you know, uh, people coming in and, and being able to showcase different styles, being able to find, you know, where the strengths and where the weaknesses are. Like it's literally one dude slapping another dude and the other dude slapping the other dude. And it goes back and forth three times. And, and and then that's it. And it's just like, so how do they gauge a winner? If somebody doesn't go down, they have judges. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly which did wonders for mma right so i don't know what the fuck they expected but that's what ends up happening what is, um, what's the judging criteria for power slap um you have to be a complete jerk off <laughs> um no but uh seriously fucking oh, I love it. yeah seriously i realized that like you can only take so much of that because what it's geared for is for creating those oh shit moments mm-hmm. that are you know 10 seconds five two seconds long not very long just enough to be able to be like oh shit that's somebody getting slapped out and then you move on with life right to sit down and watch it and watch people go back and forth and this whole history and know about their families and the rest of it just so that they get in there and they just slap each other it's just like i'd rather watch them play chess like I, I really right, would. I'd right. rather see it be there be more skill involved. I'd rather see it be a lot more complex than literally just than just doing that. I mean, you brought up the whole point before, right? About fucking no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you like how the whole thing's geared towards the clickbait yeah. type of thing. Yeah. I mean, it it does seem like that's what they're going for, right? Because, like like you said, who's Who's day after day? Who's gonna sit down, mark off an hour of their day to watch all of this stuff when they could go on YouTube mm-hmm. or or TikTok after the fact and just watch the, the two or three slaps yeah. that knock dudes out? Yeah, right. Like yeah. that's what you do, and that might be all they want out of it, honestly. Because yeah. that you still get views, you still get popularity. That might be all they want out of it. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. On the first episode, I think like almost everybody got knocked out. Okay, okay. they had like eight fights, and I think everybody got knocked out. But the point is is that it's it's somebody that's just standing in front of another person, not with their hands up, not moving their head, not nothing, just standing straight in front of them. The other person gets the fucking measure, and then they just fucking wally them as hard as they can. And so at the first, you're just like, damn, I can't believe people are doing this, you know, like le- like legitimately. <laughs> but, but after you watch a bunch of them, even if people are getting knocked out, you're just like, 
Well, yeah, because it only takes five pounds of pressure, and 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 people are just slapping the fuck out of each other. Right. Like, there's there's no magic there. It's not like in a fight where you got to close distance, where you got to set it up, where you got to work through defense, where you got to find the right angle. There's none of that. It is literally just like. I mean, we might as well just like let them fucking you know hit each other with bats. I mean, it's, it's just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, whatever. so no, no, and and I, I like I like where your head's at. I like what you're thinking because so I just had this thought like, what if instead of taking turns, you 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 tie you, you tie somebody rock paper scissors? No, you you tie each person's left hand to the table <laughs> and then and then as soon as the bell rings they both start slapping each other at as the same as time as hard as they can until yeah. somebody goes down wouldn't that be a little bit more exciting it like, would but they tried that that was called Exxon <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't do too well either okay alright my bad yeah no and people could do jumping arm bars <laughs> I don't know if you remember that shit no, it, it didn't do too well okay um, but no, no you're right um, the other thing about it really is that you had made a comparison to it being, you know, Rochambeau, um, which is a South Park, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, creation of mm-hmm. two dudes standing in front of each other and kicking each other in the nuts. And I really like that comparison because just like in Rochambeau, whoever goes first has a major advantage in that Huge. because there really isn't much defense. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that over time, if it was, if it continued on, that we couldn't figure out a way to like – I don't know. Maybe people ate something. They did some special kind of cardio that would further the strengthening of yeah. their jaw and stuff. Like I chewing could s- chewing gum. Yeah, exactly. I could see some shit like <laughs> later on. I, I mean, really, I could see something later on evolving to be something. Okay. But even then, but even then, what we're talking about is like, you know, I mean, it, it's just, I don't okay. know. It's just very, very basic, and and it just it doesn't do anything for me. And if you watch it, even if you get into it. You can only get so much of it before you're like, I'm fucking done. Right. It, it's not like sitting down and watching an event, even a, 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 a MMA event, right, or whatever, a combat sports event that's hours long, four or five hours long. It doesn't matter because every fight is different. Every round is different. Yep. All of it is your brain is constantly mm-hmm. trying to work it out and, and, and understand exactly what you're watching. And you can watch it three or four times and find out more from yep. it. You're not going to watch that fucking power slap more than fucking once and not get the point of what the <laughs> fuck is going on. I mean, it's, it's right there for you, you know? So <clears throat> I got a question for you. Yeah. Would it change your opinion on the sport? Would you set aside more time to watch it? If Dana White's power slap signed Was him Francis slapping his wife? <laughs> no, I've already seen that. <laughs> if they signed Francis and Ghanan. Okay. <laughs> Here's the truth. Would I watch it? Yes. Would I watch the rest of the power slap? No. No, for sure. But exactly. you, you tune in when he came on. Dude, yeah. I mean, it would be like public executions. You're going to get <laughs> Francis Ngannou, that dude, with his structure to go in there and yeah. just fucking slap. I don't give a fuck who you pick to, to go against him. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Bad fucking news, dude. Yeah. Did you do you remember what he did to Overeem? I that's exactly where my mind went. I mean, went. Jesus exactly fucking Christ. Yeah. yeah. Will I watch that? Yeah, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. watch it. But unless he's fucking slapping everybody with lines and lines of people, I mean yeah. I'm not gonna fucking watch more of it. And right. even then, even if he was decapitating everybody, <laughs> how much could you really watch for you like, yeah, I get where this is going. <laughs> All right, just give him the belt, let's move on. Okay. Um so Bellamere. Frank Mir's daughter yep. was signed to the first ever NIL UFC deal. NIL standing for um, name, 
image and likeness. Right. So she is a collegiate NCAA wrestler. Mm-hmm. And the UFC now has signed a deal so that they, for all intents and purposes, own right. her name, yep. her image, and her, likeness. and her likeness. They can do whatever they want with it. She's not able to do anything she wants with it because it's not hers. She nope. signed it over to the UFC. Yep. She's not going to be fighting in the UFC. At least not for any time that not we can tell. in the Contender Series. Um, and like I said, she's a wrestler, not an MMA fighter. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure I like where this is going. I mean, this is the problem that we have with the UFC's fighters right now. 100%. Is because in order to be a UFC fighter, you have you to have sign, to sign over all your that name away. And your image and your likeness. You don't get to promote yourself. Yeah. You don't get to have your own sponsors. For like 20 to win, 20 to show for yeah. the year. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they've and now they've done it with um, Bellamir. Well, and now they're buying up NCAA because NCAA, for a long time, they couldn't own because they were college students or whatever the fuck it was. Right. So they couldn't get money off of their name, image, and likeness. Other companies could, you know, Nike, Reebok, whoever the jersey companies were, whatever the fuck ever. They, the NCAA could make fucking right. tons of money and off of them. And the colleges tons of and made tons, tons of money tons off of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so now that, the, now that the athletes themselves get a say so in their own name image and likeness um it doesn't really surprise me that the ufc is going up and trying to buy more of them but i think that your point hits the nail right on the head as far as this is what the ufc does they do it to their own fighters they don't do it very well and it becomes very contentious even for those that fight within the promotion and make their names within the promotion much less somebody else the ufc isn't covering ncaa shit Right. She doesn't have a promotional tool for that. Right. But whatever they decide to put her shit on, that's what it's going to be. And they're going to make the money off of it. And she made whatever she made to sign it. And that's that. And that's it. And and I don't know what that contract in, entails, but but they might not ever have to give her yeah. any anything else after that. I yeah. mean, that's <clears throat> it's not something they're promoting. They're not going to be paying her sh- show money and win money for her wrestling matches. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing about it is that it's the it's the contract itself, right? Because the the other argument that I could see if I was playing devil's advocate was like, well, who's Bella Mira? What has she done? She's an NCAA. She doesn't really she hasn't done anything in order to really have, you know, the that credibility. Is good, that point, is a good point. Right. That would be the devil's that, advocate. That is a good point. My point would be like, yeah, but one, she's college, you know, she's a college student. So she's in college. She's not like you know, in the adult world doing that thing. But even further than that is the point that like she sells it, she sells away her name, image and likeness. And now the UFC for however long the contract is, whatever owns it completely. It seems like it would be a a much better deal for everybody involved. If not only do they get paid to use her name, image and likeness, but then every time it gets used in the future, she makes so much money off of that. Royalties, so to speak. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. Because then she's winning, then they're winning, then it's not so much of a predatory thing. Whereas it's like, oh yeah, you don't really have much of a name and you're an NCAA champ. Let's give you a little bit of money. Okay, now you can go and you know further your career, do whatever you want to do, and everything you do helps us. Right. Everything we do helps us. Right. So and so you do. You make some really good points because 
right here on the surface, guess what? We're talking about Bellamere now. Yeah. And we wouldn't be otherwise. 100%. Right? Because we don't talk about NCAA collegiate wrestling on this show. Because that's don't. not combat sports, yeah. and I don't give it. I, yeah. don't got, I barely have enough time for all the fucking <laughs> combat sports in the world, much less the power slap in the goddamn NCAA tournaments. Right. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll see where this goes, right? We'll see if there's um, a, a UFC career in the future or a contender series appearance or something like that. Um, because unfortunately, there's not a huge path for NCAA collegiate wrestlers. Like, where do you go? You, you've got the Olympics. You don't really get a whole lot of money from the Olympics, though. But you might get exposure. You might get name recognition. But um, unless you're going to go into teaching or transition to MMA, where do you really go with your wrestling skills, right? So you're right. But the thing is, is you go to the Olympics, you win in the Olympics, you place in the Olympics, whatever the fuck ever, going to the Olympics, especially being on the team. Who knows? Maybe Gatorade wants to use you in their commercial. Okay. Maybe Nike okay. wants to fucking use you in a fucking sports. Well, now the UFC owns her name, image, and likeness. So, so they're, they're going to have to go money. through UFC. the UFC, yeah. and the UFC gets paid for it. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I, I, that's why I don't like it, and that's why, like you said before, it does seem very predatory. Mm-hmm. Not having the ins and outs of the contract that she signed, hopefully she gets a cut anytime something like that does happen. I would really like to think that... Look, yes, you get to use my name, and you know she does have some pedigree. Frank yeah. Mir is yeah. a former UFC yeah. champion. He's yeah. you know one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. But let's let's see how this plays out. Let's see how many more they get under this deal, and, and let's see how it actually affects these young adults. Yeah, you know? because because making it legal so that the athletes can make money off their name, then just to go and give them bottom dollar and cut them out of it. Doesn't even, I mean, it's like, why the fuck did we even make it legal? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but even further than that, like you said, you bring up a good point. We don't know the contract. We're, we're, I'm making assumptions here based on what I've read or what I've heard and whatever the fuck else, and we don't know. So that is a good point. The other point, though, is it's got to be substantial. It's right. her name. It's her image. It's her likeness. Right. The UFC pays. They get a good percentage of it. But she should still get a equal percentage or relatively equal. Nothing less than... I mean, she shouldn't be making anything less than a third yeah, off of it. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It should be a lot closer to 50-50. Yep. Then it, it helps her. It helps the UFC. They both try really, really hard. They both make money off it. Exactly. It, seems like when, it seems like that would be a lot more fair. But even if it's not... If it's anything less than a third, I mean, it's like, what the fuck, yep. you know? So, yeah. Uh, moving on. Next subject. Jose Aldo makes makes his <laughs> boxing <laughs> debut. Uh, uh. This is this <clears throat> is going to be awesome. Now, you may, may hear us laughing and you may think that, whatever, maybe we think that Jose Aldo in boxing is going to be a, a fiasco. That's not what we're laughing about. What we're laughing about is I, I'm happy to see Jose Aldo in the boxing uh, try and you know his hand in another combat sports of sorts because let's be honest in MMA he's still very competitive yeah you know absolutely uh, and so he was trading you know a couple wins and losses at the very end of his career with those at the very top I really am looking forward to see him you know try his hand out in boxing or wherever else I support him in whatever else he goes into um, but. The reason for the any jovialness that you hear is because he will be on the Game Bread Boxing <laughs> Four card, which has some fucking bangers on okay. it. Okay. So <clears throat> Game Bread is Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal. He's exactly. a he former ha- lightweight. He's a welterweight. Fights for the UFC. 
that has his own MMA uh, promotion. Has his own MMA promotion. Where they fight bare knuckle. Okay. Okay. In MMA. Right. They game bred fucking fighting or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. So we so we like that we like that it's a, a a fighter who has his own promotion doing his own thing and 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 I, I gotta be I'm I'm with you guys in this like I'm I'm learning so much from this show I learned about all of this just tonight but we, we got to go through the list of some of these names that he's got on okay. this card okay main event is Roy Jones Jr. boxing Anthony Pettis yes uh, and and I don't feel like we should have to tell anybody that's going to be listening to this program who Roy Jones Jr. is boxing champion in multiple weight classes, one mm-hmm. of the most supremely talented boxers of all time. Anthony Pettis, if in your the past ten to twelve years the were watching guy. MMA, yeah, first UFC fighter on a freaking Wheaties MMA box. First MMA fucking first fighter. MMA fighter on a freaking Wheaties box, showtime kick. This guy was fantastic in his day, former UFC mm-hmm. lightweight champ. Um yeah, I mean what I mean, just the names, man. I and know. then okay. And Jose Aldo fighting He's boxing. Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens, like 30-fight veteran of the UFC. Who they fought before, but this is boxing, so it's going to be a little different. And Jeremy Stevens is a fucking power puncher. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see that. But the fight, I'm telling you, the boxing <laughs> fight that I fucking... I, I cannot believe they're having is fucking... Why the fuck did Jacare agree to box Vitor fucking Belfort? Why? Yeah. Why? You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Anybody that's listening to this knows Vitor. Anybody knows fucking steroid Vitor, okay? Vitor on the juice, you know? (laughs) The the Jesus Vitor, okay? We all know that fucking dude, okay? And he's on it. If you watched his last Holyfield fight, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Not only was he fucking punching him around the fucking ring, and Holyfield's really old. No disrespect to Holyfield. I'm a fucking big Holyfield fan. No disrespect at all. I'm just saying... Really old, they got in the boxing ring and juiced up Vitor, just fucking manhandled him. And he's going to be juiced up to the gills yeah. when he fucking boxes Jacare. Yeah. Yeah, he he really takes to that, that <laughs> Jesus juice, man. <laughs> it really seems to do wonders for Vitor. Um, but, yeah, I, and Jacare was never known as even a striker. I mean, yeah. yeah and he had, he had some knockouts. He did, but at the same time, he's not, you know, he wasn't like you said, a striker. It but really you, wasn't his thing. But you get to do that in MMA because people aren't at that level. Yeah. So you get to do that. And plus he was feared for his ground game. Yep. And when, and you know, in MMA, when everyone's afraid of your ground game, that opens up your a hands, lot of striking. You know? Exactly. It, it so you're able to, you know, land bigger punches. You normally wouldn't. And if you've got any kind of, you know, power, then you can put people down. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, and at 185, I mean, he, he had substantial right. power. Right. But at the same time, it's not like, fa- dude. Okay, let's just go through the list of casualties, okay? Fucking Luke Rockhold, T-tor, uh, yeah. uh, uh, steroid and Vitor, okay? <laughs> fucking done. Spitting back kick, yep. fucking done. Okay? Yep. Michael Bisbing, lost an eye. <laughs> fucking, I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, Dan Henderson, Dan Henderson fucking was done. Quit, quit fighting, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, the thing is, is that fucking Vitor, he's a special guy, okay? He really is from his early years and all the rest of it. But the thing is, is that, that's the thing about Vitor. When he was the earliest UFC champ at the time, yep. okay, during UFC 13, go back and look at that dude, okay? He was fucking on roids back then. Now, now it's not a big fucking controversial thing because steroids are pretty legal and pretty, um, you know, unlike in the U.S. It, in Brazil, 
you can go to another gas station and buy the fucking steroids, okay? <laughs> right. Re- realistically. So it wasn't a big thing, okay? I'm just saying, when you look at Vitor through the height of his career and uh, the most memorable fucking fights and when he was, like, at his top, mm-hmm. dude was fucking juiced, yep. you know? And so if you're going to go in there and you're going to box fucking, especially fucking, you know, all these years experienced, he uh, fucking steroided Vitor, I mean... <sighs> Dude, I really, really don't understand why the fuck. I think that maybe Jacare was like, hey, he's a former MMA fighter and he boxed Holyfield and I could get a good name. And Jacare likes to challenge. Let's be honest. That's why he's done everything he's done and fought who he's fought. He's, you know, not worried about another loss. He likes the challenge. So. Hats off to him, but at the same time, dude, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. No, dude. you do wonder why somebody's not there like, hey, you really want to sign that, man? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen some of the highlights from this V-Tour guy. I'm yeah, sure you could you lose wanna... a lot more than just the fight, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Lose so, an eye, man. Yeah, so, yeah. So, anyways, that whole card, as much as we just talk shit about it, I'll be watching. Because now I got to see it. Now it's like the fucking train wreck that we all know is going to happen. So, I'm going to show up and wait to see it. Well, but that's the thing. You throw a bunch of names on a card like that, and of course we want to watch it, right? Yeah. Because we would watch these guys almost no matter where they fought, you know? Jose Aldo, Anthony Pettis, Roy Jones Jr. Like, yep. we always tune in for these types of fighters, yep. you know? Exactly, exactly. So, good for Game Bread putting that on. It was funny because it was like Game Bread Boxing 4. I was like, I had no idea there was three before, but <laughs> right, I'm fucking watching yeah. this one. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so we got we got a fucking, we got some dues that got to be paid. Fucking... Paulo Costa out of his fight, uh, maybe out of the UFC. It was word he was out of the UFC. Now it's kind of up in the air because he's talking about maybe taking another fight. We're not part of the negotiations. That's not the point. The point is, fucking uh, Nostra he, Will over here, fucking put it put it together. I mean, he fucking he. You knew when that fight got announced. Very first thing we talked about was like Costa versus. Was it Whitaker? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, Costa versus Whitaker. Man, I'm really excited to see that fight. You're like, it's never going to happen. No, no. That was all you had to say. <laughs> that, that was all you said. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. I, and, and, and for a lot of reasons, but um, Costa has got to be getting close to some kind of record for pulling out of fights at this point <laughs> in his career. And I, and I like watching Costa fight. I, I do. I, I think he can be an exciting fighter. I think he is. A decent fight. One of the most entertaining fights I've seen in the past couple of years was that Rockhold fight. Uh-huh. I know it got sloppy at times, yeah. but tell me that wasn't one of the funnest fights you've seen. A hundred percent. Yeah, or his fight versus um, uh, Yo Romero. Yeah, fucking Romero, what a fucking Marvin fight that Vittori was. Fight. Yeah. Like th- you know, yeah. these are good fights when he gets yeah. in there. But I, there's there's been so many rumored fights or fights that were signed that never went through, or fights that he got injured for or didn't make weight or for whatever freaking reason. Yeah. This is a running theme for Costa. Exactly. And and I didn't see any route for victory against Whitaker, so no, I did not see I did not see him actually entering um the ring for that fight. And and I'm of the same opinion for this John Jones Cyril Gone fight. Like I'm I'm not gonna believe it's actually happening until John Jones is dressing down in front of the commission to walk into the octagon. So yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you have a good, you have a good point there. You do, and I could definitely understand, you know, your reservations for seeing John Jones. I don't think he has the record necessarily of pulling out like Costa does, right? You know, or not being there. Like if he's right. gonna be there, he's gonna be there. Um, but you're right. It's still we've been waiting years and years and all these speculations for it to happen. Now this is supposedly gonna be the match. We'll see. Um, so I, I think I think it's very valid to, to have those reservations. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think? I was going to ask what you think is next for Costa, but I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter. I mean, I'd like to see Costa fight, but like at this point, it's like the dude kind of does it to himself. It's not so much of like the promotion and him not getting along. It's really like the dude wakes up and decides this is what I'm going to do. And then he wakes up the next day and he's like, I'm not doing that shit. And then he wakes up the next day and he's like, I'm going to do something different now. And so, right. Uh, I don't know. I think he would be a better fit in a different promotion. Just, just me personally. And and I know how the UFC is about letting certain fighters go if they have fights up in their contracts, stuff like that. I'm not sure where he is in his contract or their negotiations and what have you. But, um, you know, at 185 in PFL or Bellator, like, I, I, I see great matchups. I see him being able to do a little bit better. And those are a little bit more lenient towards those kinds of um, shenanigans. So I, I do. I see him doing a lot better in one of those other organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about him in one, and I was like, that may be interesting. And then I'm like, nah, maybe not one. Maybe maybe putting somewhere else, you know? Right. Because, I mean, there's some fucking killers there. I'm just there saying. are some killers in, in one. I, they just don't do a whole lot stateside. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess he is he is Brazilian. but um, So maybe that would work out for him. But, no, like as far as matchups, as far as people you want to see him fight, you want to see him fight almost everybody in his weight class yeah. because, yeah, they always end up being exciting fights. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, on a more somber note, uh, while we've been gone, we there we have, you know, as it is in life, people pass away. Uh, one of the you know pioneers of the modern era of really getting the UFC off the ground, turning it what it is today, all of those uh, things. There's a lot you could say. Um, yeah. Stephen Bonner passed away. Yeah. Um, I know that over the last couple of years, um, from all the news reports or anything that we got out of it, that the dude was really going through it. Mm-hmm. I knew he was trying, you know, doing some professional wrestling, and he had a lot of you know, um, there was a lot of talk of, you know, certain demons in his life. And it was shocking, to say the least, that he passed away because um, he wasn't that you know old of a dude. No. I mean, he wasn't that young, but he really wasn't that old. Right. Um, but, yeah, have somebody like that who has done so much for the sport, um, you know, especially where the UFC is at today mm-hmm. and for it to go that kind of way. Um, yeah, it's, it's really too bad. It is. It is. I <clears throat> always liked watching his interviews. Um, always liked watching his fights. Um, was was bummed when he retired, and I didn't get to see him fight anymore. And I'm even I'm even more upset that you know he's gone for good. So. Yep. Um. So changing pace drastically, let's talk about the first female color commentator. In the UFC, Miss Laura Sanko. Laura Sanko. <clears throat> so it's the first English speaking color commentator, right? Because don't oh. some of those on the Spanish broadcast, Fuck. don't they have some of those um, female fighters doing. Why Why would you ask me? You think I oh, fucking okay. speak Spanish? All right. All right, I mean, muy poco, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Either way, we're just gonna, we're just gonna roll with this. So yeah, um, Laura Senko is gonna provide color commentary for um, these upcoming UFC fights. Um, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see how it goes. I'm hoping that you know, like with any commentary team, what you want is for them to be able to 
talk amongst each other and and along with calling the fight, right? I agree. And and so I I think that's one of the things you're always searching for are the good combinations of people, the ones that can call a fight but then and then provide the color commentary without pulling away from the fight. And we've seen certain combinations of former fighters and, you know, journalists or f- former comedians um, have varied levels of success. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. I don't really know Laura Senko that much. I don't watch a lot of her backstage interviews. So um, I'm excited to see how it goes. Hopefully it goes well. Yeah. Um, I will echo that opinion. Um, I have watched quite a few of her stuff. She does a lot of the, um, you know, interviewing for the contender series, all those seasons. Um, I would say that either she really enjoys the sport or she's a really good actress because every time that she's on there, she knows what she's talking about. So either she's a very dedicated actress or she really knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's the latter because not only is she a former fighter, but I mean, I mean, I'm a fucking diehard MMA fan. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't fucking keep up that kind of fucking enthusiasm for all that shit. I don't (laughs) care if you're fucking paying me or not. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Right. Because sometimes I'm really fucking excited. And sometimes they put on some cars and I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck about this (laughs) shit. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I don't give a shit. Right. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, kudos to her. The one thing that is kind of in the mud about it, and I don't want to fucking... I almost don't want to say it, but then the point is like, I'm not going to say it just because she's a female. So is the whole thing about like, there was a lot of talk prior to the whole, um, James Krause, you know, betting scandal Mm -hmm. fiasco that there was something going on between her and him, James Krause and Mm -hmm. Laura Sanko behind the scenes and that she was married and it was a big deal. And then they pulled her off because she was like, not necessarily commentating, but she was like doing the, you know, um, desk, working at the desk, doing mm-hmm. the whole talking thing, kind of doing that whole sort of thing. And then they removed her, you know, very quietly. She wasn't on there. She wasn't doing any of that stuff. She wasn't adding any kind of um, her own uh, opinions to any of that. And I wonder what happened. And then um, that whole thing with James Krause came out about the whole betting thing and all that has gone full circle. And then she has reemerged from that. And now she's going to do color commentating and, and I'm totally supportive of her. Um, like I said, I've got nothing bad to say about her, but at the same time, it does seem weird that there was a whole situation that was kind of unclear. And then James Krause had this whole other thing happen. And now she's getting, you know, pushed by the promotion to do this thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, so, is, it is what it is. I just want to I just want to voice that and put that out there, not because she's a female, but because, regardless, exactly the UFC and the system at hand and how it picks and chooses and at what point and how what gets put out there into the mainstream and what doesn't what gets held back, mm-hmm. you know, from um, prying eyes or whatever you want to say from the the public, all of that. That's, you know, that's why we're here is to talk about it. So yeah. I'm just putting it out there. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't have any opinions one way or another. I'm just saying those were the facts that, that from my viewpoint, and it, it's a little weird. So no, I, I think it was important that you brought it up and mentioned it. I think it's a discussion that, that needs to be had and can be had, you know, as, as more information comes to light about it in, in the future and as we see <clears throat> her career moving forward. Um, but, yeah, that was absolutely a thing. And I don't know if this... Laura Senko to color commentary move was 
already planned before that and this delayed it. You know, I don't know if, you know, there was uh, certain things that needed to happen behind the scenes to get it situated or so that people weren't talking about it before she moved to the color commentary desk or if it even mattered or if, if it even mattered yeah. at, at all. No, um, exactly. But, but again, like we have these two people we're talking about for different reasons, her moving to the color commentary booth, James Krause for the betting scandal. Yeah. She gets the elevator up. He gets the elevator down, you know, and really who makes those decisions? Cause the UFC really oh, put thanks. the, you know, the light on James Krause, on right. his fighters, on anybody fighting with mm-hmm. him on all this shit, did all that. And, you know, kind of put her off in the dark and then promotes her up. And at the same time, it's not about sleeping with other people. It's not that she's married. I don't give a fuck. Okay. This is right. 2023. I don't give a shit. Whoever right. sleeps with whoever is none of my fucking. If it's not, if it's not me and I'm not <laughs> sleeping with them, I don't give a shit. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is, is that the UFC machine picks and chooses and does what it does. And at the same time, when something comes out and then it gets hidden and then there is a, you know, further movement process upward. It's just important to, to profile it. I think to bring it up, not in any kind of way specifically with Laura Senko, it's just the system. That's all that I really care to bring up about it is just the fact that like it does that, you know, it does. I mean, think about, we talked earlier about steroid and Vitor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, fucking remember when they did that, uh, test, on him and it got leaked the 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 elevated the elevated and it was like fucking 19 (laughs) times what it should be that wasn't supposed to come out right and it did Mm. and that has always left and then you know uh uh, a major you know uh point in my head it's always you know an indelible point is that not so much i mean obviously the 19 times like jesus (laughs) christ what are you doing to your body but um and that's the monster we're talking about here jacare um but but the thing is is that who knows how much stuff happens behind the scenes that we never know part of you know and it's only because a slip here a slip there a little bit of this a little bit of that these kinds of things come out right and um for all intents and purposes on this show you know we profile as much as we can of what we can and try to encapsulate the whole focus of it and that's more or less what this is all about so shine a light on it bring some awareness to it and you know just so that you guys can be aware this happened. These are the people involved. This is where it is moving forward. You guys can draw your own conclusions. But like I said, if, if the, there's more information that comes out, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, just, I, I do think it, I do think it bears mentioning. So I'm yeah. glad you brought it up. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. Now let's uh, stop being sexist and let's go <laughs> to uh, the big news. Uh, Connor is back. Um, supposedly. Right. Yeah. And he's going to be coaching and fighting, he's going to be fight. He's going to be coaching against and fighting at Chandler, the end. Right. Michael Chandler. Okay, so Co- Connor has done tough before. That's right? true. Okay. Yeah, you're right, Faber. Okay, <clears throat> but he did not fight Faber. No. Okay. He almost fought Carbrat. He did. <laughs> like, on, like on the show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought you'd left my like in the ring. No. Like, no. <clears throat> but that's Connor. Like. That's going to happen in this next season of Tough. He's almost going to fight probably a few people over in Chandler's camp. Like yeah. that's just kind of his 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 deal. Um, rumors were right that Tony was trying to get in there mm-hmm. and and be part of that Tough show. Um, that would have been a really interesting 
uh, dynamic between mm-hmm. those two. Um, the the Connor versus Chandler. Uh, I'm glad that they're fighting at the end of it. Um, they both they both need to win, mm-hmm. and one of them is gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and and <clears throat> I I've been watching the more recent seasons of Tough. I, I have. You know, it's one of those things that has stuck with me for a while. I want to see some new fighters. Really what I wanted to see was how these fighters looked compared to the Contender Series fighters, right? Right, right. And, and And I would agree with you. They are not quite as polished as the fighters you're getting on the Contender Series. So I don't know if it's run its course as far as a, a farming mechanism for future talent, but... But I do like getting to know some of these fighters. Um, I like Brian Battle. I like Ricky Tercios. I, I like a lot of these people that I've seen come from the show still today. Mm-hmm. And and I like watching the coaches go at it too. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. Um, I have watched um, some of the you know uh, seasons, the more current seasons, and so. I do, you know, pay attention. You know, I even watched the Volkanovsky Ortega season. Yep, you know? yep, so did I. Um, so, is that the one you were talking about? Was that the same one? Is the is that when Brian Battle was on? No, was the last one, one I watched was the Nunez and Pena. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yep. no, it was a good one too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's still a good show. Um, all for all intents and purposes, but really just focusing on McGregor and Chandler in the fight and the tough, my thoughts are the tough should be good. It's not going to be as good as it was if it was with some other people. And we'll talk about that when we get to the mill in a minute, but I think that it's still going to be relatively good. Um, the fight, I mean, Connor's going to be there, so he's going to be off his fucking rocker, probably sniffing fucking coke and fucking being juiced up with steroids because he's probably still not going to be. T- well, I think he's in, he's got to be in the testing pool. If they've signed the fight, he has to be in the testing well, pool, right? I, I think six months is. So well, how long, you, how yeah. long does it take to film tough? And when you got that kind of money, I'm sure he's got the best fucking steroids that, you know, the test can't catch. Well, and they give exemptions out like nobody's business. I mean, exactly. John Jones got exemptions. Brock Lesnar got exemptions. Yeah. Like, and Connor gets exemptions that people don't even know are exemptions. And after <laughs> yeah. he does, people are like, oh, shit, is that something we can do? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. But for the fight itself, based on, you know, everything that we've seen recently from both fighters... Um, I like the matchup in the fact that Connor is strengths is a, you know, for his whole career has been really about power and precision more so precision than power, but power is definitely a part of it. Being able to put people down right when he, you know, right when he needs to, at least in the earlier part of his career, not so much in, in the latter part, but he does have that mm-hmm. in his, uh, uh, skill set. And Chandler is somebody that's fucking chinny as shit. Even in the fight, he's come into the UFC. I think it's like, I think he's two and two or somewhere close to that. Um, in the fights that he wins, it's pretty close where, you know, the other fighter, you know, you know, wobbles him or drops him or whatever. It's a flash knockout mm-hmm. back and forth. In the fights he loses, same thing. Yeah, He'll drop them, then he'll get dropped and whatever else. And so it'll be a rock'em sock'em robots kind of fight um if connor is able to you know be that kind of show that kind of durability that's more or less where my concern is is that not only is connor coming back from a major 
injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fucking also, even before the injury, he was, you know, not a fine tuned machine. Like he had been in the earlier part of his career. Right. He had been, you know, realistically on, on a slide. And oh, yeah. then oh, he yeah. broke his fucking leg. Mm-hmm. And now he's coming back from breaking his fucking leg and being older and having all this time off and not looking very good. And he's going to fight Michael Chandler. So can he win? Yes. Is his strengths versus Michael Chandler's weaknesses a match? Yes. Even all that to, to be said, I still favor Michael Chandler. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> that's probably the smart money. I'd have to agree with you on that. Like, I do want to say... Yeah, Connor hasn't looked great recently, but not many people look good against Dustin Poirier. Like True. Dustin's really good. True. And even though Chandler had his moments against Poirier, guess what happened? Poirier, he took him out. Yeah. Like he beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And Charles Oliveira too. You know, when yeah. he fought Charles Oliveira, he wobbled him or dropped him. Remember, he cut him, mm-hmm. and then Charles Oliveira just fucking yeah beat him up. So you know, but but I'm with you. I don't know what Connor has left at this point. Um, <clears throat> whether it's a motivation issue, whether it's a training issue, whether it's a health issue, whether it's a mental issue, it's it does seem like Chandler's a lot more there than Connor is at this point. Um, will the show be great because of their their two personalities? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but as far as that fight goes, yeah, yeah, my money's on Chandler. Yep, I agree. So speaking of the tough stuff, let's get into the mill. All right, you touched on it earlier. Tony versus Connor was not penciled in, but it was being circled around that right. that could possibly be the next tough show. Right. I think they fucking lost big time with putting Michael Chandler there. I get why they put Michael Chandler in there because if Connor can get a win against Michael Chandler, then they can justify him maybe getting another title shot, right? right, right. I, I, I mean,. It's, no, still, you're right. it's still hard, but it's a lot easier than Tony Ferguson. No, you're right. But the issue is that it would have been a fucking way better show <laughs> if know. it would have been fucking Looney Tunes fucking Tony Ferguson and fucking Psycho Babble fucking Conor yeah. McGregor. I yeah. mean, dude, it probably would have been the best fucking tough of all time. Like, I, I would, I probably would have, that would have been the first tough that I would have watched not for the fights. <laughs> Nobody would have been getting trained in yeah. that. Like, <laughs> no, be no, there would be no no learning they, for these fighters. Yeah, in that. They would show up to do the fucking pick at the beginning and you'd have Tony being like, Go talking some weird shit about hey McNuggets <laughs> going off and fucking Connor be in the fucking corner all like fucking uh, fucking you know fucking oh dude it was uh, yeah it was, pure entertainment value I I completely agree so one of the other things I thought when you had you brought this up that this was going to be a possible um, matchup for the Ultimate Fighter is 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 Tony reliable enough mm. to put in three to five months of filming and training a group of fighters every day. You know, he's, he's a little off. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure that they could rely on him. Do you think they can rely on Connor? No, that's a good point. So maybe they needed one person they could rely on. <laughs> like Chandler, you might have to carry this because we don't know the, if Connor's going to be here's showing the thing. up. Yeah. Chandler's going to show up there, but he's going to dude. Chandler's going to be fucking, Talking some fucking dumb shit. He's always talking some fucking dumb shit. Yeah. He's one of those people that like speaks like he's like 
prophetic and in reality it's like not very you know yeah. intelligent right um he don't get me wrong i like michael chandler that's i'm not trying to fucking bury the dude i'm just saying that as far as being articulate and, and you know being that type of individual that's not him you know mm -hmm. he's gonna be a lot more on the like you just gotta do it to do it and you know pro on the christian stuff and that's you know i mean i'm just saying that's where he's at you right. know so yeah um i really think that they lost out with that fucking tony ferguson shit who knows what kind of fucking chaos that shit would no, have you're fucking, right that circus no, you're absolutely have, right would have went into like them trying to corner fighters being in the oh, same room fuck, dude. absolutely and tony like jumping up on the cage during <laughs> yeah. the fight and fucking like who knows what yep. the fuck would have happened yep. dude um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they fucking, did, I don't know why they did that. I, I, don't, I don't even need to see fucking Connor versus Tony at the end. I really didn't even need to see that. I just wanted to see that fucking tough. As soon as I heard that that was a possibility, my, my brain was like fucking wheels were working. I was like, Oh shit. I would like to see those two fight again, because it's I like, I like those matchups where yeah. like they both need to win so bad. And the only thing you know for sure is one of them's going to get one, you know? Well, like, I mean, hopefully. <laughs> Unless it's a fucking crazy drop. <laughs> right. You know, or somebody fucking walks up and slips on a fucking cord on oh, the way to the goddamn thing. And then we're just like, well, that was not worth it. No. Um, That's fucking funny you bring that up. Yeah. So the other uh, rumor that was flying around earlier before uh, Hill and Yuri was really, you know, mm -hmm. looked at as being possible because Yuri's out with the injury. We don't know when he was going to be back. Was people were talking about Hill versus Pieta. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pieta going up to light heavyweight, fighting Hill, taking him on. Uh, you know, Alex, Alex uh, being the middleweight champion, the current middleweight champion. There was a lot of talk around that, especially after Hill won. Uh, and Alex was in his corner and, you know, um, mm. it looked like he was, uh, measuring him up and he's taller than Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, so it looks like he could be bigger. So there was a lot of, um, you know, talk about what we could see a middleweight champion versus a light heavyweight champion. And I was really excited to see the fight. Not as much as I'm excited to see Hill versus Yuri. I really want to yeah. see that fucking fight. Right. Um, but at the same time. It, it's a good fantasy matchup. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we had had this conversation uh, a little while ago. Um, we would both like to see Alex uh, Perea at 205. Mm -hmm. Just straight up, so many good matchups up there mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think he would perform better at 205. 100%. 100%. I, I really do. I think That weight have, cut wouldn't yeah. drain him in those later rounds. I yeah. mean, he was able to be there, but he wasn't there like he was the first three rounds. Right. You know, so. I know his his power is going to carry. Mm -hmm. I, I think he has the striking advantage over a lot of the people up there at 205. There's not... I mean, there's not a ton of wrestlers at 185 either, but there's not really a lot of them at 205. I... I, I do. I I really liked the idea. Almost anyone I think about matching him up with in the top ten over at two oh five. But yeah, definitely Jamal Hill, um I mean Perea and, and Yuri. I mean, come on. Like oh. you want to talk about fantasy matchups. Jesus. You're looking at anyone in the top anyone in the top ten at two oh five versus Alex Perea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even some of the ones that may not, you know, like uh 
you know, uh, yawn fight, which really, you know, but still, yeah. I would love to see that, yeah. you know, um, oh, yeah. see what Alex can do, especially if we got to see him in there already at uh, 205 and see what he's able to bring versus the 185 frame um, or weight cut, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would be really excited for that, too. But, yeah, um, would have been a good matchup. Maybe we'll get to see it in the future. A lot more likely to see that than we are to see Tony versus Connor. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see what the next couple of years bring. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So let's move on to a uh, another new segment that we're doing here in Season 2, which is a uh, question of the week. So this week, our question is, has to do with the main event this weekend. Can the UFC make a bigger fight than Volkov versus Islam right now? I think it really depends on <clears throat> how you want to look at this question, right? Um, because you could say Jones versus Gunn is a bigger fight than Volk versus Islam. So are we talking about... Because they're bigger? Because like physically? Because it's John Jones. You think... Um, okay, yeah. You think John Jones' notoriety is bigger than Bulk and right? Islam? So uh, right. So that, so that's what I'm saying. So what in what at what angle are we looking at this at this question from? Are we talking about with like what's going to be a bigger money maker for the UFC? What's going to have bigger name recognition for the general public? Like really, what what are we, are we looking at? Yeah. Because you've got you've got Volkanovski, who's yeah. had a very good run at his weight class. Yeah. Um, he's got a really good pound for pound ranking. Yeah, doesn't mean a lot of people know his name. That's true. Un- unfortunately, no, that's true. Um, that's fair. Islam might be able to ride Khabib's coattails for what little popularity he has. That's true. But his issue is he's not a defending champ. He just won it. You've got Dana White even mispronouncing his name. Doesn't seem to know who he is. And you know, so you've you've got a lot of these issues. I'm not sure that. Every champ versus champ fight is as big as you'd want it to be. And I think, and then that's where I think we're at with this one, right? Like, look at how excited we got when we started talking about Perheya versus Hill. Mm -hmm. Like, for us, like for me, that's a bigger fight than Volk versus Islam. But are we talking about is it bigger for the USC? Is it bigger for the general public? This is why I go to heavyweight and I talk Jones versus gone because heavyweight tends to be one of those marquee divisions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. John Jones, everybody knows. Yeah. Right. Whether yeah. you watch him may or not, you know, John Jones. Yeah. And maybe you don't know Cyril gone, but you're going to watch it because you want to watch John Jones. Even if you don't like John Jones, you're going to watch to see him lose. So in some ways that's already a, a bigger fight than the Volk Islam fight. Yeah. Um, no, you bring up some good points. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to say that, um, you know, Dana White not being able to remember Islam's name. Um, we also got to take into the fact that he's been drinking a lot of prime and <laughs> slapping his wife around. Okay. So I'm just saying, okay, the dude's, the dude's kind of out there. Fair enough, fair uh, enough. Um, the, no, being honest though, when we talk about that question, um, as far as bigger, what I think about is really bigger is there a fight that they could make that is that would have a bigger impact on the sport and by that what i mean is we have volkanovsky who's arguably the greatest featherweight champion of all time he's faced all the other featherweight champions and beat him except conor mcgregor Mm -hmm. right 
He's the number one pound for pound fighter. He is. I mean, yeah. however they do those rankings, yeah. that's where he's at. We know how they do them. UFC picks it. How it goes, <laughs> yeah. okay? I mean, anybody thinks it's anything different, you're fucking yeah. smoking. Um, so, yeah, he's the number one pound for pound fighter, all things to be considered. Islam, who is writing Khabib's coattails, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think Khabib is much more well-known around the world than we probably give him credit for. Cause, because okay. when I see him interviewed, um, not only in different countries, but then also by different people, like when he was on Mike Tyson, Mike J, when he was on Mike Tyson's hot boxing, Mike Tyson was like all about fucking knowing who he was and stuff. Mm. Now Mike Tyson's in the combat sports world. Okay. Right. All things considered. But at the same time, it's fucking Mike Tyson. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you that. Like everybody knows who the fuck Mike Tyson is, you know? Yeah. And so for him to be like so surprised and so, and be so appreciative of Habib to be there, I was like, holy shit. So, um, yeah. So those kind of things, you know, set with me, but Islam is number two. I don't ever remember there being a time where the number one pound-for-pound fighter, whoever the fuck makes the rankings, fought the number two pound-for-pound fighter for a title, both being champions, and we have the featherweight versus a lightweight. I mean, for those two to be the number one pound-for-pound fighters, for them to, for, you know, number one and number two, and they're the smaller of the guys, as opposed to the heavier weight divisions, which has always been the case. The heavier, all the, when skill matches out, Weight matters. Usually the bigger guy, all intents and purposes, wins the fight. And now we're at a point where that's kind of transitioned. And now the littler guys are finally getting some of their due. A featherweight division, which at one point people were like, we can't even fucking sell a pay-per-view for now. Now it's the number one versus the number two. A lot of stakes had held here. Fucking, you know, Volkanovsky and his greatness. Islam and what could be with his greatness. To me, I see there being a lot on the line. When we talk about on the line, I think that there is a lot on the line in this fight that didn't necessarily need to happen. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because Bulk really, really wanted it. And they were like, we have no one else for you to fight. So we're going to have this happen because Islam hasn't even fucking defended the belt yet. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're getting this fight. I'm thinking about it. Is there another matchup that we could make that would be as big with as much on the line for the sport, could, could the UFC, is there one that we can make right now that would be that way? Now, when we talk about Yuri versus Alex, I think that that's going to be a super firefight. But at the same time, you know, Yuri, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It wouldn't be as big to me because you don't have the aspects of not only the pound for pound, but it's the pound for pound that weighs on these lighter guys and how much is really transitioned over to that and so there's not you know it there's not as much to play there i mean they're they're both big guys and yeah it's going to be a fucking amazing fight if if francis would have stayed in the ufc i think that francis versus john jones would have been that fight okay so i I would have okay so the way you're looking at it for you it would have been Anderson Silva moving up to fight John Jones. That's what you're talking about. You've got of sorts. You've got yeah. people high in the pound for pound rankings, people champions in the weight class, multiple title defenses f- fighting each other. That's yeah. and and you know big, big name recognition. Yeah. That, that's that, that all had that. Okay. Both champions. Right. So I I see I, I see where you're where you're going with that. I I'm not sure how I feel about pound for pound not just because of how arbitrary those rankings might be 
but the whole the whole idea of pound for pound was was created for the smaller weight classes. Like everyone knows, Volk's not going to go up and beat Francis Ngannou. Mm-hmm. Like it's not happening. Mm-hmm. He would he or would, John Jones or he'd friend. be broken. Yeah. Right. So the whole point of that discussion being created was, hey, all things being equal, does this guy technically speaking have more skill? Yeah. And this other guy. And generally speaking, especially as the way that these lighter weight classes have evolved, I would say on the whole, yes. Yeah. If yes. not more so. Yes, Let's they be do. Honest. But that but that's the whole point of of having weight classes, right? When when every heavyweight carries the power that every heavyweight carries, there are that changes the entire dynamic of of these fights, right? And and I, and I would agree. Like I like watching knockouts. I like watching the big men throw down. I like it when there are really skilled big men. But as as time has gone on, the more entertaining the fights have been. These lighter weight classes, right? Yes. And so I do. I I do like watching somebody get the belt, get some title defenses, and challenge themselves up up a weight class. But what about this fight makes it a big fight? Like Islam doesn't have any title defenses. Yeah, you know he 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 just got the belt. He just got the belt. Yeah, and so it's I, I don't I don't it's it's a lose lose for Islam in my opinion. Yeah, I mean of sorts. Yeah, so you're right, and I think that that in my mind plays even more into the into what's on the line because Islam has already lost before in the UFC, right? Right. But when he did, he wasn't really well-known name, and Habib was still fighting. Mm-hmm. After, since Habib has left, Islam has become much better fighter and has gone on to, you know, win more and now become the, the, the champion. And so one more loss, especially to the lighter dude, I mean, I really think that any kind of, like, Habib uh, coat riding or any kind of like, you know, momentum that he gets off of that. I think it's gone. I really think it's gone because I mean, what, I mean, what's he going to, I mean, what's a good, he's, he's lost before. Now he's lost to a lighter guy. Right. Even if he's the champion, even if he's, you know, disputed as being the greatest featherweight of all time, it's still another loss after Habib's gone. And it's kind of like, Okay, Habib's his own. Right now, Islam is kind of like right behind Habib, following it up the ladder, and he's using a lot of that momentum to continue to create more for himself. If he loses this fight against Volk, I think it's all out. I think he loses out. But at the same time, if Volk loses this match, he's gonna he could go back to featherweight and defend it for another eight times, and we'll still be like, yeah. But as soon as he went up to featherweight and fought fucking what's his face, he fucking he lost. Right, but all that does is legitimize weight classes, right? Like that's. That's really all that does. And and you still give him the credit for 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 moving up and taking on that challenge, right? Yeah. You've got a win-win for Volkanovski and a lose-lose for Islam. That's what I don't like about some of these fights. That's why I like when the heavier weight classes do the the champion versus champion because that 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 weight difference means a little bit less than it does at, you know, 125 to 135 to 145. That's such a much larger percentage of your overall body size that it it it, it makes a it does. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. And yeah, I, like like I said, Volk Volk wins this any way you look at it because he gets to keep his belt. He's not losing his belt mm-hmm. if he loses this fight. Um he gets to say, you know, I took on the challenge. It didn't work out for me. I'm going back down to 145 and whoop these guys. Mm. 
Like he's he's not out anything. He has nothing but and but stuff to gain from this position. You're right. You're right. I mean, he doesn't have anything to lose necessarily, except for the fact that it will be disputed about him going up. And you're right, and that only further adds to the whole point of weight classes. But if Islam can win, okay, if Islam beats Volk, then what we have is we have it even further legitimizing Islam on his own. Along the along the out because he's because he's beat, you know, maybe the greatest featherweight, even though it's a lighter dude. What I think about what I think about with it is like, you remember when Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor, right? Yeah. He went and fought a smaller dude, beat him, he had took his fucking name and all that shit that was going. And what happened was before that point, Nate Diaz was really looked at as Nick's little brother. Mm-hmm. It was like Nate was in the fight game, but it's really because Nick or Nate's in the fight game, but it's really because Nick is his brother and Nick is this fucking, you know, great fighter. And so Nate was kind of just like following his brother. Once he beat Connor, then everybody was like, okay, Nate's on his own now. Nate Diaz is his own thing. To me, that's how I see this Islam versus both <laughs> thing because he's he's under habib and riding this coattail yeah, and if he can beat volk and yeah. beat somebody that's that good it's gonna set him apart from that yeah that's fucking interesting so i'm i'm, I'm not sure it's a total fair comparison it would be like volk going up to 155 and f- fighting tony or fighting somebody ranked tenth. No, agree. Right? Agree. Agree. Because, because that's when, that's when the number ten guy, and even the weight class above, that's when it does benefit him because then he gets that name. Yeah. And that's a former champ, regardless of the weight class. Whereas the difference being, I'm the champion at the higher weight class. I'm the best person at the higher weight class. Like you're right. So, it, and it's one of the reasons why, like, a lot of credit is given to. BJ Penn for what he did. Exactly. Like he didn't even win the lightweight belt when no. he fought for it. No. And he was like, fuck it. I'm going to move up to 170 and whoop this dude's ass. And he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So th- I, I do think, I do think that context has a lot to do with it. I don't want to say that it's not a big fight. It is a big fight. Anytime you get champ mm-hmm. versus champ, mm-hmm. it's a big fight. Mm-hmm. We, we like that. Mm-hmm. I like my champ versus champ fights to have a few more title defenses I, before. I, I agree 100%. Before they do that. But. I do. I agree. And I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'd like to add is if Islam had more title defenses, I think it probably would set him apart from Habib already because he doesn't. I think he has a much more to gain fighting somebody like Volk right now. You see yeah. what I'm saying? No, I I, I get you. And, and Volk's record is um, Im- impressive. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. I'm just not sure how much you get to take from that being as how you you just beat a guy from the lower weight class. I mean, you you get a, you get a defense, you defended against somebody who's really good, who's the top of their weight class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but if you get a finish, you know, and then yeah. you know, and then he's already finished. He gets a finish against Charles. He gets a finish against Volk. He gets one more finish than somebody else. We're like. Is this dude greater than Habib? I don't know. You know, not not necessarily us. I'm just saying, the talk then begins You're to right. fall in. You're right. And so that's all I'm saying. I see I see that being yeah. potential, and then I see Volk being able to be like, okay, I can't fight Connor, but I've fucking fought everybody else, including the champion up above, and beat him. Right. So that's that's what I'm saying. But the only way I could see there being more fucking on the table, the the that's at play, 
is if Francis would have stayed and it would have been Jones because we would have had potentially, you know, the greatest light heavyweight of all time fighting right. the right. biggest threat in the in the heavyweight division. Right. So. right. So so this brings up a couple of other interesting like side side things because let's say Usman beat Edwards and Adesanya beat Pereira and then they fought, right? They they both have a lot of defenses, they both have great winning streaks, and that ends up being really big, right? They both have pretty good name recognition. That ends up being a really big um a really big matchup. But what that leads me to start thinking about is Boy, we really don't have that many defending champs right now, do we? No, no. Volk is the only one? Probably. Yeah. Aljamain? Did oh, he, yeah. Is that, does he have a, def, a technical defense? I guess he does, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, Okay. Yeah, so he's one. Um, I mean, Moreno just won it, so he doesn't have a defense yet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Volk has a defense. Aljamain has one. Islam does not have one. Nope. Edwards does not, not have, have one. one. Pereira Alec, yeah. does not have one. Hill does not have one. Hill's and there's a, no heavyweight champion. Well, no okay. And then we get into females. And then, yeah. Okay. Okay. Nunez. Yeah, right? she's defending. Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Lots yeah. of defenses. Um, Zhang, no. I mean, Zhang is the, has been the champ before, but she hasn't right. defended this time around yet. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, no, you bring up a really good, you do, you bring up right. a really good point, and that's part of what's all at play, right? Because if we did have more defending champions, it'd be like, oh, it's another champion versus champion, more or less. Right. But because we don't, it's just like one more little chip to put on top of that pile, right. you know, yeah. just because of the time. But that is have that does have something to play for it, so... Yeah, so good, good, uh, good back and forth. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to spotlight, spotlight fights. Spotlight fights. We kind of talked about this a little bit. UFC 287, Alex versus Izzy. Yeah, shaping up to be a really good card in Miami. Yeah, I, I like, I like the headliners. That's so funny. Masvidal's gonna be fighting in Miami. I bet he loves that. But he's fighting Burns in Miami. Uh, yeah, he's not beating Burns. No, it doesn't matter where he fights. I just. He just seems like a Miami kind of guy. No, so. no, that's his. That's his town. I <laughs> yeah. mean, literally. So I thought that yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, you see, how do you see the Izzy fight versus Alex too? You think it's going to be different? No, I see it playing out almost exactly the same. I yeah. see it being a late fourth or fifth round stoppage by Alex Pereira. Yeah. And and Izzy might even take a round or two, but. Yeah, I, no, I don't see that playing out any different. They've fought so many times, and it has not played out any different. This seems to be the way it goes. Yeah. I don't know how many times you guys need to see it, but this is... I mean, yeah, but, I mean, if Izzy does, we could have the whole Moreno versus Figu- Figueroa 2 going on here, you know what I'm saying? Let's get eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Let's just start scheduling them, like, ways out. Like, okay. it'll be 2025, and we'll have Alex versus Izzy 8. All yeah. Right? It, I mean, it'll be a sick card, but let's talk about something I know that you're much more passionate about. Allen versus Holloway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like both. I like I like Arnold Allen. Yeah. I think he's a really good fighter. I think he's somebody like... I I feel like Arnold Allen and Ilya Topuria should be fighting. That's mm. where I think the fight should be. Oh, God. Um, that... Uh, that's gonna be that would be. I, I do. I, I think that should be the fight. The, pro- the only problem with that is that you're gonna kill a contender off right away. Now, don't get me wrong. Like that's the whole point of the sport. But at the same time, I don't know how many more that we have at the top bottlenecking like that. So it's kind of good. You get Allen to fight a champion, or one of them to fight a former champion, and the other one can still. You know what I'm saying? So you do, I, and I know that you want. I know that that's one of those uh, narratives that gets that gets told. But how many? 
contenders has Holloway turned away that are still going to end up getting title shots or interim title shots? Right. He, he beat Cater. Cater's right. going to get one. He beat Yair. Yair. Yair's getting Yair's one. Yair's number two. Like, yeah. he beat Ortega. Ortega yeah. got one. Ortega's like so, So I'm not sure... I'm not sure how much credence there really is there really is to that. Um and, and Holloway, so there's the current crop, the current generation of UFC fighters. I'll just tell you guys all this. Um my two favorites um and and they're two of my all-time favorites. They get up there in the all-time. It's Max Holloway and Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. I think they're phenomenal talents. I think they're great people. I think they have some of the most exciting fights I've ever seen. Those are my two favorite fighters fighting in the UFC right now. Okay, now I always want to make sure we bookmark this because I swear to God, if we ever get down the line and you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, fucking, uh, you know, one of them lost to fucking whatever, you'd be like, dude, I'm a bigger fan of fucking that dude. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, but bookmark this. Let's let's kidding. make sure we know how to come back to it. But <laughs> um, okay, but we've got. You know, this is one of those theories I've got. You've got the ascending fighter and the descending fighter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and for Holloway's fights after the first contentious loss to uh, Volkanovski, he wasn't a descending fighter. He was still right there. And then I even think he won the second fight with Volkanovski, so I don't think his career should have taken the turn that it did after that. I definitely think he won that. However, that being said, his last two performances against Yair and Volkanovski 3 do not make me think that he's going to beat Allen. Um, and this is coming from somebody who's the biggest Max Holloway fan. I, I love watching him fight. I do think he has started the descension. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I can't figure out a way to argue it and everything that we've shown. Yeah, I, I would love to see him turn back another contender. If anyone can do it, it would be Holloway. Same thing with same thing that Robert Whitaker's doing at 185. It's just like, uh, maybe I didn't beat the champ the first time or the second time, but I'm going to beat the shit out of everybody else. And that totally could happen. Holloway could have great takedown defense, and he could put it on Allen like we saw him put it on Cater. Um, just the last couple of Holloway performances – did not look like vintage Holloway. Yeah, and yeah, and I would say that that's the difference between those two. If we were talking about Holloway right. and, um, right. you know, uh, uh, Robert Whitaker, is that Whitaker looks like he's in his prime. Yep. Like he looks like everything's coming together. Agreed. He looks like a significant threat. And so, whereas Holloway is 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 a threat. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying that he is on that decline. At least yeah. all of his performances have shown that. That doesn't right. mean he is. That doesn't mean that he can't prove it here and turn it back or any of that. Like you said, you know, if anybody could do it, it definitely would be Max. But at the same time, all things considered, if we're just going to look at it like that, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Long story short, I'm going to be rooting for Max. I'm not going to be betting on Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're betting on Allen is what you're doing. I'm not putting any money. I'm not betting against Holloway. I'm just not putting money on him. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, and then we talked a little bit about it before. Fury versus Usek. You, you know, there's no way you see Usek winning this, huh? I I don't. I mean, and you you tell me what he brings to the table that the other heavyweights that Fury has fought lately haven't brought to the table. No, no, you're right. The only thing is I didn't think Usyk was going to beat Joshua. 
you know. And not that Joshua is great because Joshua's, you know, lost a couple now. But at the same time, I didn't think he was going to, you know. And then he did. So, I don't know. I mean, and it has been a little while since, I mean, Fury's last fight, right? Didn't he fight some fucking dude that fucking didn't even fucking matter? Yeah. 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 So, I was like, what the fuck? So, and I'm and I'm still trying to find this out. So you're this is a done deal. You're telling me, right? Yeah. So the end of April, somewhere around in Saudi Arabia or England. Yeah, yeah. There just seems to be a lot up in the air. Is all. Yeah. No, it's gonna as be as far as when and where it's gonna be. Yeah. No, I heard that it was gonna be in England in Wembley. Was what I heard. I still I I'm still willing to bet there are terms that haven't been agreed to as far as this fight, and if you don't have. And if you don't have a time and a place, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced this fight goes down before Fury and Ngannou. So. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And for all intents and purposes, I, I, I'm gonna watch the fight. I think Fury's gonna win. Like like we talked about before, not really big Usyk fan, but at the same time, he's you know, uh, shocked me before. So. We'll have to see what happens. I'm just happy that they finally put it together because if I had to watch Tyson Fury fight some fucking friend of his that they used to fucking spar right. with and shit, right. I'm like, what the what the fuck is the point of having the fucking heavyweight champion of the world if he's not going to be facing the number two or the number three? What's uh, the point? So that's one of those things about boxing politics, right, mm-hmm. is that a lot of times you have an obligation to fight the contender, especially when you hold multiple belts, right? Yeah, and I'm just saying there's a lot of other combat sports out there, so if you're going to play those kind of fucking games, I'd rather go watch something (laughs) else. (laughs) Yeah, so, so, I mean, you you might be right. Like, he might not legally, as far as the belts go, be able to fight and gun him before Mm -hmm. he gives Yusick his title shot. We'll see. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, Should be good. So let's move on to the preview. Preview. We're at the end. So let's go through it. Islam versus Volkanovski. UFC 284. Uh-huh. Um, as far as the last few cards we've seen, just the card as a whole, how do you feel like that that stacks up? You like it? You happy with it? You think it's a, a winner? You think it's... I do mean, I think it's a winner? Um, in comparison to the former pay-per-view cards, it's a little lacking. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. It technically has two title fights, right? I mean, because Rodriguez and Emmett is for the interim championship, is it not? Uh, it is for an interim championship. And then we could get into the whole, uh, is an interim championship really a championship? Mm. Just because you have a belt that says you're the number one in line, does it mean that you're, you know, is it is it a, is it worth a belt? I, I don't know. Especially because now it's just a promotional tool. It's not like back in the day where like we needed to figure out who the number one is, so we're gonna put an interim up and we're gonna figure out who the number one is. This is like, all right, you guys, you're close. You're number two. You're number five. <laughs> yeah. Here's a title on the I'm, line. I'm, yeah, well, now that, we got two titles. The the Jan Ankalaya Glover bucks. Jamal Hill scenario, you know, um, shows that exactly. It shows it very clearly. It's like okay, well within. Within two months, you had four people fight for one interim championship belt. Like, so really, how arbitrary? Well, is but this that was decision? the actual title. Okay, it, it is and it isn't. Like, I get, <laughs> I, I get that, I get that Yuri I was agree. a man about it and vacated it, but that's 
Like you didn't beat the guy that beat the guy. I know, you know? I know, I know. I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I'm just saying there isn't a champion that can defend right now, so therefore there's some malfeasance at hand. There is a champion that can defend right now. He's on the fucking card. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, so no, nah, I mean, I'm really excited. I'm Like I said before, we talked about it. We don't need to talk about it anymore. The Volkanovski-Islam fight. If I had to pick a winner in the fight, I think I'm favoring Islam just because they fight fairly similar they have fairly similar strengths and islam's the biggest dude and it always when skill and skill match up depending on how the fight goes not to say i'm not saying islam has hands like volkanovsky does but i'm saying that as far as grappling can volkanovsky negate islam's grappling i don't know he's a bigger dude I kind of favor Islam to just do his thing in that in that percent. I didn't think Islam was going to be able to put Charles away like he did, so we'll have to see. So I would have to favor Islam in it, but it could go either way. I'm really excited to see it. I'm also really excited to see the Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett fight just because both of those guys, there's a lot at play there. They have different strengths around the board, their weaknesses, um, where they're both at in their careers. I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see who takes the route that goes up and who takes the route that either stays or goes down. You know what I'm saying? Right now. I I completely agree. Um, Josh Emmett has that one hitter quitter power, man. Like at any, at any point in this fight, he can put you down. Yeah. And And Yair's like a fucking video game character. He is an incredibly diverse and creative striker. Mm -hmm. And I have, um, I didn't always like Yair. I have come around, you know, him losing to Max Holloway did a lot for Helping me like him. <laughs> I probably would hate him right now if he beat Max Holloway, but he didn't. <clears throat> so I kind of like him now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've got Yair in that fight. I, yeah. I think he's going to be too much for Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the main event? Um, yeah, I think we're going to see how important weight classes are, is what I think. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think in the co-main event, um, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm favoring Emmett. I am because okay. he's because he's been able to show that he can take a lot of punishment oh, yeah. and he can dish out a good amount of power. Oh, yeah. And I want to see how Rodriguez does against that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, the next the fight below that, though, Jack Della versus Randy Brown. I think it's a bit of a mismatch. Um, Jack Della Madalena is one of those up and coming welterweights. It's supposed to be the next big thing. Randy Brown, not so much. You know, he's kind of like that journeyman. He's lost to everybody good that he's fought. So I, I get, I get, I mean, this is one of those things that the UFC does, right? Like they, they're like, oh, we've got a guy who's that journeyman, not even a gatekeeper, but you know, he wins some, he loses some, but then we've got a guy that we really want to push to the top. And so we're going to give him that fight. Um, yeah. I'm absolutely picking Jack Della Maddalena to win that fight. Yeah. yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I just was going to say that, you know, in Randy Brown's last fight, he fought, a, you know, very old Trinaldo, but still for him to, you know, go out there and perform the way he did against Trinaldo, who is a big, you know, guy for the weight division. Um, okay. I thought that I thought it showed me a lot. It showed me a lot of Randy Brown, where he's at right now in his game, how much he's been able to um, progress um, with his skill set. So. I'm I'm looking forward to maybe seeing a KO or TKO from Randy Brown. That's what I'm looking. For. You think he's gonna beat Jack? Okay, I do. Okay, I do. This is this is the guy that got knocked out by Nico Price. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
trapped with his foot trapped him against the fence and he got yes. knocked out. Then Vincente Luque put his lights out. Yes. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, I got. Okay. Yeah, I got. I got Jack though. I'm not only in this one. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and then um, I mean, there's some other good fights on the card. Um, what do you What do you think? I mean, I mean anything I, that looks looks I, big to you or yeah, what? I like Jamie Malarkey. He's on the prelims. Um. I'm not saying he's the next big thing, but you know, I he's an entertaining guy. He's a good fighter. Um, but but yeah, I do feel like this card's a little bit top heavy. There isn't a whole lot else I'm looking at besides um, those fights. Yeah, I mean, there's some definitely some dudes I want to see um, fight. I don't necessarily know about the matchups. Um, Melsick, um, seen him fight before. Really interested to see how he does. You know, Tyson Pedro, see where he's at. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, Malarkey, uh, Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menafield. That looks like a, I mean, a fair fight. I mean, and that that kind of has some bearing on the future of the division, right? Like, yeah. Um, Menafield has some decent wins. Crute actually has a ranking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been overly impressed with either one of those fighters. That doesn't mean they couldn't impress me this weekend, though. That is true. Yeah. That is true. And they couldn't, yeah, put it together, start putting it together. So, right. Yeah, we'll have to see. So, so yeah, so definitely I agree that it's top heavy. Um, and it's going to be a couple of weeks before we have another show. So let's talk a little bit about the fight night that is next weekend. Uh-huh. It is UFC fight night 219. Uh, excuse me. It's It was supposed to be... Um, I know, I know we looked this up and now I can't remember yeah. who it was supposed to be. Um, um, yeah, it was it was a couple of big names, uh, but I am still excited for Talia Santos and Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, um, I no, do really think that's I that. do think that's a good matchup. Um, it's so it's so funny. Like if Shevchenko wasn't there, both of these girls could be considered the future of that division. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, Chito Vera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Marlon Vera and. I came up with one of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is he supposed to fight right now? I don't remember. But anyways, yeah. Oh, Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen. Thank you so much. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Okay. Um, which would have been a good fight. Hopefully they rescheduled that later because I do think that's a good fight. Yeah. But not disappointed in the Talia Santos, Aaron Blanchfield. Talia, I mean, Shevchenko is one of the greatest – combat athletes she's been super impressive and talia santos, one of the most dominating champions in the ufc let's it, be honest in any combat sport yeah, yeah and talia santos gave her everything she could handle yeah. for five rounds yeah yeah i thought she won the fight and i and i'm a big shevchenko fan right. but i thought santos won that fight she, there's a, there's an argument to be made that, sh- that should have been scored in her yeah. favor for yeah. sure and i'm really impressed with blanchfield me too i mean well, she was able to shut down the Molly McCain fucking, yep. you know, hype train real quick. What she was able to do to some of the other women that she fought in the weight division. I'm pretty sure she fought um, Joanne Wood and was able to yep. do her thing against uh, against that or against JJ, her. J.J. So, Aldrich. Yeah, J.J. Aldrich. That's what it was. Yep. She did. She beat J.J. Aldrich, who was, you know, all intents and purposes, making her way up. She mm-hmm. was fighting a bunch of people, getting a bunch of wins, and she took her out. So... Yeah, really excited to see um, this fight. Even though Blanchfield's a number ten and Santos is a number one, I think that between either of these ladies, anybody could win. So um, 
yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that fight. Yeah, they they have similar strengths. I it's going to be a good fight. Um, I don't think, you know, sometimes those those rankings. I know she's ten. She just hasn't fought the people she needs to get a higher ranking. Exactly. Yet, you know exactly, and they probably a lot. Some of those other ones in the top ten don't want to fight her. Right, and so even and she's fighting the number one. So even if Talia Santos wins. I don't think it's going to look like a number one versus a number 10. I exactly. think it's going to look like a number one versus a number two or a number three. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, and then also another one of the other fights on the card that I'm really excited to see is uh, the Elbow Queen, uh, Lena Landsberg, mm-hmm. fighting my girl, Mara Bueno Silva. Yep. Or as I like to call it, Muy Bueno. <laughs> Muy Bueno Muy Silva. Bueno Silva. <laughs> That's gonna be exciting. That's gonna be an exciting fight. I yeah. think I think they're gonna go toe to toe. I like Lena Landsberg in that fight. I know you're probably going for Muy Bueno, but I just I just wanna see her and I wanna see how the fight goes. Yeah. That's really it. You yeah. know? Um uh Bueno Silva in her last fight, um she fought um a girl from Germany. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, and she submitted her Egger and she submitted mm-hmm. her yep. and Nicole then, yep. yeah. And then when she did, there was like controversy because you couldn't really see it. And That's right. she was, and the ref was looking to her to confirm it, Edgar to confirm it. And she didn't. And you know, you remember that whole I deal. I do. So. I do. I remember questioning that. Yeah. Yeah. And the only person, um, or the, her last loss, uh, uh, Silva's last loss was to uh, uh, Farat, who is like Manon. Yeah, Farrat. yeah, who's like one of the top of the division now, right? Uh, so, if so. she's not getting a title shot, she's gonna soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so um, yeah, really excited to see that fight. The ladies will be putting it down next weekend, and um, even more excited. To be honest, I know, if you can is, believe uh, it, fucking Knuckle Mania three. If you can believe it, this might even be. This this might even be the the pride of the whole weekend. Honestly. I mean, Jesus Christ, we got Lorenzo Hunt who's been on a destroying path, and he's fighting Mike Richmond, who's fucking undefeated mm-hmm. in BKFC. I seen the press conference. Lorenzo Hunt tried to get fucking touchy with fucking Richmond, and Richmond really like wasn't wasn't having it. No, no. and you could tell afterwards that it was all like you know it, as far as the machismo or the mental part of it that Richmond kind of had one out in that thing is at least that I felt. Um, and I'm really excited now to see the rest of the fight, but knuckle mania three is bringing a lot more than just that uh, amazing main event. We have, uh, Diego Sanchez making his bare knuckle debut versus former boxer, um, uh, trout, Austin trout, Austin trout. Um, uh, we got the fucking, uh, Dotson, you know, coming in and, uh, he's going to fight Grant, uh, Hardy is, has his debut fight on there. I mean, yeah, they're doing it big for knuckle mania. They're, they spent a lot of money. They're going to bring in some fighters. We're going to see some pretty good fights and then, and the rest of the card you know, probably deliver like they usually do. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on the, on the whole event? No, th- these are going to be bangers. This, this card's going to deliver. Um, yeah. Greg Hardy was fighting at heavyweight in the UFC. He looked a little bit promising, but then kind of fell flat. Maybe bare knuckles a better fit for him. Mm-hmm. E- either way, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Greg Hardy. 
Um, I've been the biggest John Dodson fan since he knocked out TJ Dillashaw on the Ultimate Fighter. Yep. Speaking of, yep. Um, he was one of the guys that gave Demetrius Don- Johnson his b- best fight yep. when Demetrius was in his prime in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And Dodson, I think, still might have or is tied with the record for most knockdowns at that the flyweight weight class like, probably like he was just this little dude that was just a ball of energy and yep. he was just knocking people around man yep. Yep. he's super quick what do they call him i can never remember what his nickname was but it was very fitting I yeah that. the not the joker not the entertainer the fuck i don't remember not the, the, wild the, magician. the magician i almost, I almost yeah. said magic man yeah, but it's the yeah. magician yeah the yeah. magician john dawson yeah but so i'm i'm excited to see his Transition to bare knuckle boxing, yeah. and, and you he, know he's fought he's fought once before. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. But still, at the same time, now he's fighting Grant, who is five and one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. J- Dodson got a win in his last one, um, and realistically, the fight is in Albuquerque. It's at Tingley Coliseum in our backyard. That's a big part of why he's on the fight card with Diego. Yeah. Both training mates, yeah. long term, a lot of that. So. uh yeah, it should be good. Greg Hardy, who had a boxing match maybe a couple months ago, knocked that dude out. Um, so he's got power. That was the thing he had in the UFC. He got a bunch of those knockouts once he got towards the top and they were having him fight. Um, Volkov? So, uh, yeah, I think Volkov took him out. Spivak yeah. took him out, too. No, exactly. Like, and, actually pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was because of, you know, more technical abilities. Yeah. But if you're going to put him in there, just, you know – Punching one guy versus another, I want to see it. He's so. he's a big guy. He swings he swings for the fences. Yeah, so it should be good. And that main event, Lorenzo Hunt, um, champion versus Mike Richmond. Really excited to see yeah, that. Yeah, me too. So I think that's going to be nuts. I think it's going to be bloody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. So, all right, did it, dude. Until next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, thank y'all for joining us. Season two. Till next time. Scrap. Yeah. Yeah. This has been Scrapcast. Fuck around and find out.